few of your enemies knowing your every move, yet you persevere. You found it. The last key. The key to not only your salvation, but the salvation of the world. They're coming. You hear them trampling down the halls. They were called scientific marvels, but they have many names. Walkers, living dead, zombies. But you know what they truly are? This is about James Bond. Abominations. They're here. They clamor at the door, and soon they will breach. You steady yourself, for this is no time to die. There it is. Now is the time. For the Fake Nerd Podcast, episode 258, review of No Time to Die, and a whole bunch of other stuff. How's it going? I'm Ben Magnet. That's Brandon T. McClure. Hi. That's, that's a weird way to start this show. <laughs> Ryan Eliopoulos. It's not dark enough for that. And it's, it's you o'clock. son of a bitch. And in sports weather, an orange wave is cresting over in thunderstorms over the blue skies of L.A. this week, blocking out three days of sun. We'll see how it goes for Ben Magnet this week, friends. Yeah, how'd it go for you last night, huh? I mean, it went, it went fine. No, it didn't. A nine to two loss, really? Yeah. You think that's fine? I I do, Ben. I I don't think so. I do. I I don't think so. I think the Dodgers are gonna take it in L.A. But anyways, we're not talking I, about I that. I have to know. I have to know. For the audio listeners, what happened was, as soon as the intro started, as soon as Ben started talking, <laughs> Sparks <laughs> reaches under the table and pulls so- and puts a hat on his head that says San Francisco Giants. <laughs> yeah, and 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 Ben had no clue <laughs> until I looked. I'm glad you waited because I'm not wearing any. For audio listeners, I'm not wearing any sports appeal because. Right now, as we're recording this, it's it's. I'm not okay. <laughs> I'm just seeing what you're wearing. Relax, I'm wearing homie. my Dungeons and Dragons T-shirt and a Legend of Zelda hat. Who would, wear, who would wear Zelda shit? That's so dumb. Ryan and I were both like, "What?" The only thing Ben has on um, him of sports memorabilia is, of course, his Giants tattoo. No, I am wearing never. a Zelda shirt. Never. The only sports memorabilia that picks on our Instagram soon. God no. But yeah, the the hat that Sparks is wearing is the San Francisco Giants winning the National League division this year. Well, good for them. No, not good for them. It's supposed to be mine. I'm sorry. <laughs> I they should win the international league. Well, too. guys, we'll see. Uh, we'll see how it goes. Yeah, we're yeah, we'll, we'll definitely see how it goes. Go Dodgers. We're back. It's beat early. LA. Repeat LA. It's in the afternoon. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Beat Carmel. Is that what we used to say? That is. That is what we used to say. Yeah. Who's Carmel? Um, oh, is that the rear rival high school? I was in PG yeah, High. Yeah. Oh, oh wow. Okay. <laughs> Bringing it back. Um, <laughs> all right. So we're. It's early today. We're recording in the in the afternoon. And guess what? We have links. As always, we have tons of links in the description. I have a link, and definitely he has a link. And we have a third link. That's amazing. I have a link? Those are the only links that are in the description. I see what you did there. All right, so we do have some links in the description. Um, There is a Fake Nerds Watch for Star Trek Lower Decks, Episode 8, that I did with Michael Carls. And uh, Late to the Game, Cookie, for Just a Little Podcast. Woo, he made it. He made it just in time. Uh, That's always been a fun time, uh, talking Star Trek with those guys. We talked for an hour today. There's a new episode recorded for Episode 9. We talked for an hour I will I will say twenty minutes of that is maybe the episode <laughs> we're talking about. Nice, because <laughs> we we just like talking Star Trek together. It's fun. It's been fun. That's, That's awesome. Um, I'm losing my pad. Oh no. Oh no. Um, uh, Conversation is now on hiatus. The last episode of season one of Conversation is up now. Nice. Michael Hamilton from the Kaiju Weekly podcast. It's the first time I've had uh, two co-hosts. Hell yeah. From yeah. a podcast. That's not true. You the Fake Nerd podcast. Oh my god. Way to go, bud. <laughs> it's wow. It's like we're not even here. Oh my god. <laughs> <laughs> um, okay, it's the first time that I don't want to just keep going. Just I don't want to <laughs> keep trying. Roll on, right? So Michael Hamilton, I think that's a really good episode to end on. I do kind of. I, I think I talk a lot at the end of the episode when I end it, but I was really emotional because I don't want to have to end it. But uh, due to circumstances in my life, I I have I feel like I have no choice. 
hey, you know, it's just on pause. It's not over. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like you said, it's a hiatus. So, I mean, I'm bummed that it's not, I mean, it's, there's no episodes in the immediate future, but the fact that you're going to do it again still I, makes me happy. I think it's for the best because, like, it was, you were, you have the show more room to grow and mm-hmm. time. If you just kept trying to, like, keep it going just to keep it going, you were going to, like, hit a wall of guests eventually. Yeah, I think you're probably right. Um, and uh, it will come back. And I'm I'm already reaching out to podcasters for uh, recording dates, um, so we'll see what happens. I'm mm. I'm excited to bring it back, but it's a good episode. I really liked talking to Michael. He had some Hell really yeah. good insight. Nice. Um, I highly recommend it. Um, Base Arcade Pause Menu. Oh oh <laughs> yeah, that happened. I do have links in the description. Shit, I forgot. <laughs> you yeah. do. Conversation yeah. with Arcade Attack. Yep, conversation with Arcade Attack beep is beep up. Beep. I'm I'm gonna interrupt and give a quick note. Like it's not Ben's fault. Um. There, the audio is real bad at the end of that. Oh episode. yeah, yeah. Uh, it is. I did everything I could, uh, but it's an audio feed off of Streamyard, which means there's very little I could do to clean it up. Um, they had someone in their home yeah. that was really messing up their mics. Yeah. Uh, in the end, and so especially if you listen to the audio version, like you just kind of can't make out what Ben's saying at the oh, end. Oh, I could, I because when you told me that, I was like, oh yeah, because um, I was talking with two of the guests of Arcade or two of the hosts of Arcade Attack, and then the other two showed up and they were getting ready in the kitchen, and apparently they must have a a smaller house, so the sound echoes like mad in I there. It. I get it. And uh, yeah, you could definitely hear some because they were in the kitchen taking care of stuff. But I mean, ninety-eight percent of the episode was oh, really, yeah. really good. Mm-hmm. There's some good shit in there. It's just the, that last little bit is kind of it's hard. So I apologize. And yeah, Sparks, you did do a good job. You did what you could. I thank you, my friend. Uh, yeah, just that, you know, it watch happens. out for that and yeah. other recordings. <laughs> yeah, I will Yikes. definitely let people next because they're gonna be on the show again soon. Yeah, but I will let them know. It's like, hey, just let you know, the last few minutes were really rough. Uh, there is an audio and a video of that mm-hmm. episode um, on both the on both the feeds. So you know, uh, r- regardless of preference, it's there for you. Um, Basement Arcade Pause Menu. Yeah. Um, Basement Arcade had an episode released for Amnesia, a machine mm-hmm. a, a machine for pigs. It's yep. true. Mm-hmm. Um, where we uh, we tried to scare Ben. Yeah, it worked. Yeah, it did work. Didn't there were some par- spooky parts to it. Yeah, like I saw some shadows running in directions that weren't very. You missed a monster. I did miss a monster. <laughs> there, <laughs> there was a little girl running down a hallway with a spooky scream. That was I was a fan of that one. Yeah, yeah. I like that one. Um, we're, we're walking through the house and realizing that uh, it's like, oh, you can like see into bathrooms. This is creepy. Yeah, and all the spooky, spooky drawings. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so that's up right now. That you can check that out in the link below. Um, and uh, basement arcade. Also released uh, the first episode of our series on Aliens Fireteam Elite. Game over, man! I'm joining you guys, uh, Sparks and Ryan, to yes. go through the Aliens the Aliens Fireteam Elite game. Yeah. A lot of fun. Also scared me. Yes. Uh, not not the same kind of spooky, but but like high tension. Man, you, you really don't get a moment most of the time to no. calm down. Like very rarely. There are there are small pockets where like you don't have There's a nice coming. hallway. Before you're like, oh, there's no. It's like it's the moment where like you know it's about to be bad, and they're like, all right, we'll let you like get your shit ready. Go ahead and play it in your mind. It's a type of thing where like you go into an area, and it gives you like, all right, here's life, and here's sentry turrets, and here's like a bunch of ammo, and you're like. Oh, we're about to get murdered. Aren't yeah, we? yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, it's, cool. it's, it's like in every video game. And like right before the boss room, there's like there's a safe point, there's a health yep. point. It's like, oh, sweet potions and items. There's a boss find the next room, isn't well, there? But anywhere else in the game, if you linger too long, like a different a vent will just open, and a whole bunch will yeah, come out. They will like, let oh, you. Man, come on. Yeah, there was a there's a moment uh, that uh, I think is the best part of the episode. Um, where where uh, I lingered a bit in the room behind us yeah, as you guys around, left. It's around the twelve minute mark, and uh, they they just hear me screaming because what had happened on my end because you can't see it on the video. Um, I heard a loud hissing 
knowing what that was, uh, being uh, one of the warrior xenomorphs. So I just ran. <laughs> I just want to say because I saw that clip and it makes me it, ma- it makes me laugh just how because I because Ryan it's perfectly timed. Ryan goes, "Don't go it." No, Sparks me. goes. Sorry, I don't know why I keep getting you two mixed up. Ryan, uh, Sparks, fucking hell. Sparks goes, "Don't go into the long grass," and instantly you hear Brandon go, "Ooh." <laughs> <laughs> he went into the long grass. Um, that was a lot of fun. And then, like, immediately after, which I don't remember, I didn't remember, but immediately after, a prowler attacks me. <laughs> yep. Uh, well worth a watch. We go through the entire first campaign. 99% of it. Uh, uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Literally till the yeah, yeah. end. We you got can, so close. You can, you can watch that all, check it out, see how we do. Um, it's fun. We're going to be playing the rest of those campaigns. Yeah, just uh, four of them. We'll we're trying. Out. We're going to try and squeeze them all out in October, but it might not happen. We're not stressed about it. It's not a f- official Spooktober thing. Yeah, but it's it honorary. Is it's, honorary. Not, it's not a scary-ass thing, unlike the torture they're putting me through. Oh, man, I'm so excited. I did uh, not for one of them. It's not up yet, but I did not appreciate Outlast. Uh, it's that, the best one I believe, made. if everything goes as planned, will drop tomorrow night. Outlast. Hell yeah. Awesome. Joy. Uh, so stay tuned for that. Uh, more more stuff. We, we do a lot of stuff. We, we really enjoy doing it. Um, but we don't I'm constantly updating the note on like what is the Spooktober Basement Arcade releases. Like where am I li- trying to land them in editing? <laughs> and bad news, Ben. Like Xbox Game Pass just added like a really scary one. Oh, yeah. Play. We added a new game to the list. So like if we got time, like I'm so sorry. <laughs> You uh, signed up for it, so uh, like it's cool, dog. More like you guys said, "Hey, this is a good idea." And my dumbass said, yeah, "That'd be pretty good for content." And oh no, you keep showing up. <laughs> I, I do true. keep showing because up because there's I a part of you. No. Because there's a part of you that enjoys it. Well, also there's a part of me that really likes doing this. Yeah, yeah. I mean, yeah, doing exactly. basement. That's exactly also what I said. Doing basement arcade. So yeah, um, there are. So we don't just do. We don't just do links for um, stuff. We have, we do other things as well. Um, I put up a. a th- I've been engrossed in James Bond. For yeah. three weeks. That you gross. Um, I have been. I've been watching films. I've been uh, going through video films. essays. Um, I almost decided to watch the James Bond Junior animated show. I didn't go that far, <laughs> but I, had, I I thought about it. Something tells me you dodged a bullet there. Uh, potentially, but uh, it was all in favor. It was all in service because I had pitched an article idea to Atomic Geekdom, which is a site that I freelance for, much in the same way that you freelance Ben for uh, Old School Gamer. Mm-hmm. Uh, analyzing kind of how the Daniel Craig Bond films have changed James Bond uh, uh, in, in, in small and big ways and you know, positive and negative. Uh, very, very uh, just I had a five page essay, <laughs> essentially, that I whittled down to a page and a half and I'd submitted that. And I wish you would have kept it five. <laughs> I, <laughs> you know, I, I wish I could have. But, the, you know, deadlines and they have a page count mm-hmm. and limit. So sure. I got gotcha. you. That was a good uh, article. Oh, thank you. I appreciate yeah. it. You should put the full five pages. I, yeah, I, I, I really liked it. Blog. It was, yeah. it was your point. <laughs> it was too short for my Just life. Like I really liked it. Though. You had the full five page saved, right? Uh, no. Oh. oh, it's okay. It's a good article. Um, but you know, I could, I, I, I what I'm gonna do is, uh, because it, it's, it's on Atomic Geekdom, and it's, it's not my site. Um, but what I could potentially do is put up a longer version on our blog. Yeah, that's what I'm saying. Yeah. Uh, so I'm, I, yeah, I'll. Look into that. I'm, I, I got some time this Directless week. cut. I can I can look at my notes again because I have my notes still, um, and I can uh, you know refine it and whatnot. But so what's on Atomic Geekdom's website is the kind of the refined version of it. I'm pretty proud of it, honestly. Um, uh, I really enjoyed writing it. I really enjoyed James Bond. I got cha- got the chance to like just talk about Bond for a bit. It was great. So that's up. That's linked below. And you can check that out. Ryan. Hey. You have a downright annoyed because we recorded on Saturday last week. It's true. What did we watch? Too Fast, Too Furious. That's right. Guys, what a surprise. What a surprise. Let me tell you. If you haven't watched it in a while, give it a chance. Uh, I'm not saying it's great. It's not great. 
But now that I'm in, in Fast and Furious 9, Hobbs and Shaw land, um, there's things I like so much about 2 that I – that the things that I like about the franchise weren't really in 1. Like, the family stuff is there, but, like, the, the bombast and, like, like the overdramatic stuff and, like, the espionage, like, that starts in 2. Um, and I really like it. It's, like, Paul Walker's not good at all. He's awful. <laughs> and I'm, like, what I – What are you talking about, Kurt? <laughs> like, he's – but I forgot, like, Roman – Roman's so good. Uh, uh, Tyrese is so good in that movie. Um, watch that episode, uh, 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 or just watch the movie. Give it a chance again. Like again, it's still probably the That's worst. When he had like stuff to prove. Yeah, uh, and like I, his character is like he's definitely the character that's like remained the same. Whereas like Tez was just a dude like gambling on on like Cedus, and now he's like the smartest like hacker in the world. And I'm yeah. like, that's a character change. But like right. you know, it's it's movies like escalation. I get it. But like Roman, like I forgot. Like oh yeah, he starts here, and he's been the same, and he's only gotten like better. Uh, and I'm like, oh yeah, there's there's a lot to appreciate in that second movie. Uh, still probably the worst in that franchise, but that goes to show. Hey, that's actually a, a pretty good franchise. Have you have you have you seen the Twitter discussion going around about? Uh, the the bisexual representation that is Too Fast Too Furious, bro. That movie. <laughs> there is a video. Now that I've seen it, <laughs> oh my god. There is a video um, by uh, I think it's I think his handle is Ben from Canada. He's one of the editors for the Weekly Planet. Yeah. Um, and he put up a video, and it's he admi- admits this is all subtext, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, uh, yeah, yeah. Uh huh. Um, but it's a very compelling video. I was right. like, I see it. Yeah. I um, to- I totally see it. Yeah, lots of it's a, again not great, but really fun. Like definitely. And like, that's that's really what you need. That's yeah. what you need. Yeah, it's got speed lines like Speed Racer, and I'm like, hey, that's a Fast awesome. and Furious yeah. movie can be bad, and as long as it's fun, you're, yeah, you're yeah. fine, hundred uh, percent. You also, I've also put in the link for tonight's downright, downright annoyed. Oh yeah, that's Prince of Darkness. Love it. Can't wait to talk about that one. Uh, since we were recording earlier than that, uh, I figured I'll just put in the link. So if you guys want to check it out afterwards, Donald, that'll Donald be there. Pleasance. Oh yeah, love them. Um, and that's Alice it. Cooper. Michael, no. That's all the links in the description. A lot of cool All stuff, right. I think. A lot of great, lot of cool stuff from us, I think. Yeah. Um, Who wants to go first of the week? I'll go. Do it. Uh, I'm gonna. We got stuff to do today. We got a schedule, so I'm gonna just hit these real quick. I don't have a lot to say about most of them. Most of them are repeats because I'm still reading Dune. I'm still watching Mobile Suit Gundam when mm-hmm. I can. Mm-hmm. I watch What If. Mm-hmm. Check out our discussion dropping tomorrow what on if. that. Only Murders in the Building. Still a great show. Hell yeah. Who's surprised? Uh, I. Saw Spectre. I'm not going to say a lot about Spectre because I watched Spectre this week to talk about to do No Time to Die. I will probably reference that in my discussion of No Time to Die later today, so I'm not going to do anything about that right now. Um, the only things I'll touch on is I did watch a little more Supergirl, and I don't have anything specifically new to say about the episodes itself, but something did stand out to me that I was like, right, I am really happy about this. The show's in its last season, mm-hmm. and I am very pleased with the entire arc from where we started to where we are now of Kara and Lena. Uh, I think it is ultimately a better told we are friends who were kind of turned to enemies for a time, but that friendship didn't die version of what they did with Clark and Lex in Smallville. Mm. Okay. And it's better. Uh, I do think that that part of it is told better because at the end of the day, like the friendship is the more important thing. And like the spoilers, like Car and Lena do work it out. Did Um, any of them get amnesia? No. Okay, good. Uh, only in the sense of like when the crisis happened, like certain details were forgotten, and um, like that's... everybody had to like be remembered of like what no, the world no, that, blend that's, that's was. Yeah. But that's the only change. Um, no, am- no amnesia. Like Lena and Kara, kind of like both admitted where they screwed up the friendship to the point where that put them at odds with each other. Who's, uh, and who's Kara's love interest? Uh, currently, yeah. Uh, nobody. Oh, who was it when they were enemies? Uh, I forget. 
Okay. I was going to make a small little joke. You know, remember when Lex made yes, Lana yeah. uh-huh. kryptonite? Yeah. Um, they, they just did a better job about making it so that, oh, we can both admit we're like, we genuinely screwed this up. Which nice. I always feel like was a problem in Smallville that Clark couldn't admit where he was causing, pushing Lex away and pushing Lex towards his fate. Mm-hmm. And Kara did acknowledge, like, this is where I made mistakes. This is where you made mistakes. And Lena's like, yeah, you're right. But, like, this is where I made mistakes and I should have been better. Um, and I think that part of the show is very good. And, like, this last episode had some good Kara Lena stuff. So that made me, like, go, yeah, that's really good. And if nothing else, like, I'm really happy that that's, that's a solid through line of that show. Anyway, enough about Supergirl. Um, the only other thing I'll talk about is Megan and I uh, wanted to do something um, spooky-esque, and we were Blame. bouncing around on things trying to pick something to watch, and we decided to land on MTV's Scream. Um, this was the MTV series uh, adaptation of Scream. Um, it is it, its own intake on Scream. I watched the first season, so we're, I'm re-watching it with her. Um, but I really liked it. I, I didn't watch seasons two and three. We pro- We might this time. But I really like season one, and and returning to it at this point, I'm like, it really is a good, like, exactly just like the film is, like, bottle of that representation of youth and how they, like, and being a satire of what horror is at the moment and slashers in particular. It is that, again, for a new generation, um, but without bringing in the lore of what Scream was before, and I think that is pretty good. I heard uh, nothing but good things, and people were so surprised. Yeah. Um, One of your favorite actors is in it, Brandon. Next to the Klaus. Yes. Yes. Um, yeah, uh, we're, we're back in that and Love I it. really like it. Have you, did you see the new screen poster that got released? I did. I wa- I saw two. I saw two new screen Ooh. posters and, uh, I, I love the I'm still, line. still disappointed they didn't call it five cream. Five cream. I love me some five cream. Uh, the, the for tag- those who don't get that screen four, put the four in the A. So I'm like, come on, make the, fi- make the S a five. It's uh, five cream. We'll call it screen five, but it's five cream. The tagline, it's, it's, uh, it's some, it's always somebody, you know. There's a so oh, I saw the one that says you look like you've seen a ghost. Oh, mine was like yeah, it's always somebody. There you was know. A, there's a lot of like Scream Five stuff coming because Five Cream um, because we're only a few months away from it. January yeah. and uh, that and makes me super nervous. You don't normally drop horror movies, especially in January. Like January is always considered a dead month for movies, but like a horror movie, especially that's like, a, usually a bad sign. Maybe they're trying to like, like I'm hoping it's like the one gold mine there. There's a there's a lot of people. What what I always find interesting is the people, are, you know, not necessarily the case of casuals, but the people who are between us and them, the ones who aren't like as in go. Like we've known for like a year and a half now that the directors of Ready or Not has been doing are doing Scream Five. The like, pandemic, I'm sure, um, hurt stuff too. Yeah, and so like it's really funny. Not it's not it's really fun to watch people be like, wait, the directors of Ready or Not? Oh my god, I'm so excited. Well, because we're we're in the know, right? And yeah. I think that's really cool. Yeah. I really like seeing that reaction from people be like, oh, now I'm super stoked for this thi- for this thing because uh, now I have that information. One thing that like I I will never be this type of person because you know I am I am entrenched in it. But like I when we go to like see big movies, people see trailers for movies for the first times in the theaters. Mm-hmm. Like people don't watch trailers on their own. A lot of people are like, oh shit, there's a new Star Wars coming out. Like. I can't fathom that because I know the yeah. second the director and producer announced because that's just that person I am. But it is fun, yeah, to see like I can't. I miss. I wish I had that sometimes. Yeah, sometimes I look at them like, man, I. I that's wish. why I never watch clips of movies when they're released because you're just showing me the movie. Like yeah. I, that's why I never want to watch clips. I'm the same way. I don't watch clips or, or TV spots. Yeah. yeah, give me a trailer or two. Um, that's that's my week. I I remain remain slightly trepidatious about Scream Five. We'll see. Yeah, we'll Five came. Are you gonna are you gonna go to the Scream House for on? Uh, oh come on! Like uh, there are way bigger Scream heads than me that are gonna get that thing like right away. Yeah. All right, do you want to go next? Sure. Down the line. I did a whole lot this week, but I also am gonna speed run it because like 
you know, whatever. Uh, it's Halloween time, so I watch. I'm trying to watch a horror movie every day, but that's just not gonna happen. But I watched. I watched plenty. Um, I watched Underwater, which is a Kristen Stewart Vincent oh, Cassell horror movie. Uh, then just I watch it. Watch that with you. I yeah. know. Just uh, it's great. Uh, it's it's straight up Lovecraft. Like in the first five minutes, it it's it's. Guys, they're underwater and Lovecraft's happening. It is not doesn't shy away from it at all. I love it. It's it's That's really awesome. cool. It's really bleak, but like has like a nice positive sense to it. Um, I watched a Sp- I watched Sputnik, which is a 2018 Russian uh, horror movie. It's me- it's Alien meets Venom. It's about an alien in the uh, uh, an astronaut in the 80s who crash lands in Russia. It's about a lady psychoanalyzing him and the symbiote inside his body. It's super great. It's really terrific. Like one of the best movies I've watched in a long time. Like it's it's so good. Uh, it's so intense. And like the main actress, uh, she's like a Russian F- Florence Pugh. She's so talented. Like she makes me want to watch other Russian movies with her in it. She's so good. Uh, I watched Willy's Wonderland, which is a Nicolas Cage. Uh, Five Nights at Freddy's ripoff that the director said he definitely didn't rip it off. <laughs> um, it's fine. Like if you want to watch a fun Nick Cage movie, like there there are worse movies to watch. But like it's it's so low budget you can tell. Mm-hmm. It's Nick Cage punching dudes in suits, and if you're cool with that, it's it's a good time. Uh, I watched Beyond the Black Rainbow. It's the first movie from the director of Mandy. Uh, I don't think anyone here will like this, but Sparks. This is <laughs> that's just like it's it's. It is, imagine the Green Knight, but just bad horror vibes. There's not a lot of dialogue. It's just crazy visuals. It doesn't make a lot of sense. It's if David Lynch was having a bad day. This is the movie he kind of, he'd like to make. <laughs> it's, it's, I loved it. I loved it. It's, and awesome. it's, it's crazier than Mandy, which is a crazy thing to think that like Mandy was the sequel thing. Um, I watched Prince of Darkness, which I'll talk about later tonight. Um, I watch all of Squid Game. Uh, Squid Game is the best show of the year. Uh, believe the hype. I wish... So Tiger King had this much hype in the pandemic. Now Squid Game has this much hype, but Squid Game actually deserves it. Um, Squid Game is so good. It's, it's a South Korean drama uh, that's part Battle Royale, part Parasite. Uh, it's, it's a critique on capitalism and slavery and lots of horrible shit. And it is the thing that works so well about it is not just how intense and violent it is. It's that you care about so many characters. Mm. It's, the show starts with 100 characters, right? And you're like, how am I supposed to care about all these characters? And of course, a lot of them get murdered. But like, there's a dozen characters that you're supposed to like and then a lot of them die. And mm. it's really, really tragic and it's really good. And it's like, it might be the best Battle Royale thing like ever made, like truly. Uh, I, I, I want to watch it again, like for real. I love nice. it so much. And also there's like a subtitle like dilemma problem going on uh, online. So I solved the problem. I watched it subbed and dubbed. Uh, so I watched it with e- in English also, with English subtitles. There's so also nothing like, was wrong. There's also like... Uh, you just need to be careful. Like, don't watch the closed captioning. I watch the uh, yeah. the subtitle subtitles. Those are not perfect, but close. Yeah. So, so to rectify that, I also watched the English dub. So I had two versions. So there was either two versions I could pick. Which version was the better line? Because mm-hmm. also the lines are like the exactly the same. Like, oh, I'm going through the door. I'm walking through the door. Right. It's always just variations on the same line. So like a lot of the times it doesn't really matter. So did you watched it in English with the subtitles? Yeah, on? and they were gotcha. different. Almost every right. line was different. Right. It's it's really bizarre how that works. Um, I watched a couple episodes of Demon Slayer. That show's still great. Um, there's a new Infinite comic about Kushala, who is the spirit rider from the 1800s. Her great-great-granddaughter, the present day, whose name is Olivia Oberta, who's a Native American resident, uh, she is going to become the new Ghost Rider, and she's currently battling Doctor Doom in space. But how did this happen? we got to find out. Friggin' awesome, you guys! Ghost Rider's so cool. You know, I'm just so in the Ghost Rider mode, and of course, like, there's a new Ghost Rider comic immediately. How great is that for me? Uh, the 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 webtoon scrolling thing works really well. Like, uh, it's just so cool. Like, I'm I'm really digging this webtoon format. Uh, I'm a behind on the the Wayne Family Adventures, but I do like building those up because they're so quick to read. So, like, a couple chapters at a time. Sure. I didn't do anything with you this week, right? Um, no. Okay. That I can recall. Ben, hit it. All right. So, uh, pretty much media-wise, Dune. That's it. Oh, I also read Dune. 
Yeah, that's all. That's all the that's all the media I really did, and also trying to write articles for OSG, but that didn't happen because yeah. you know Dune. But one thing did happen to me this week that I really want to talk about because the gaming gods decided to smile upon me. So October eighth, Metroid Dread releases, and all the whole time up to this, I'm constantly checking the Nintendo website to see if I can get a pre-order on this Dread Special Edition. It comes with an art book, a steel book. It's really freaking cool. Oh yeah, it was gone the second it was announced on Twitter. Mm-hmm. I had no freaking clue. Uh, Sparks was kind of to constantly send me stuff. He's like, hey, it's up on this website or it's up on this website. What but of course, since I was at work, every time I would actually see it and actually go to it, it was all gone. So Friday morning, I wake up early and I'm trying to call these stores and find out if they have copies, like just non-pre-order copies of Dread Special Edition. As I'm trying to call these stores, they're not answering, they're not picking up. So I figure, you know what, I'll just go to my local GameStop. I go to my local GameStop. There is a line outside the door. I'm thinking, oh, this is going to be great. And then it hit me. They're Far Cry 6. Not only did the Demetroid Dread come out, but the OLED came out mm-hmm. and a bunch of Pokemon cards came out. A bunch of Pokemon card sets came out as well. Wow. So people were and there. And Far Cry 6. And Far Cry and 6. And Back for Blood. And Back for Blood. Jesus. <laughs> so, a lot of, so a lot of people were there for a lot of different things. So I'm standing in line. I'm just like, man, I really hope I am getting. So this one girl walks out. She has an OLED and a Dread. And she's t- asking people what they're here there for. So she comes up to me and asks me what I'm there for. I tell her, I was like, oh, I'm there for to get the special edition of Dread. And she got the last one at oh. that GameStop. Womp womp. So I'm thinking, crap. I mean, I knew at the end of the day I was going to get this game no matter what, special or standard edition. I was going to get it because th- uh, on Saturday, yesterday, I streamed it live on my Twitch. How would you do that? So spoilers, he got it. Let me finish, okay? You spoiled so, it yourself. <laughs> so as I'm in line, I'm calling different stores. Yeah, but I didn't tell you which one I got. I've saw I've seen your Instagram. Go ahead, Ben. Yeah. So I'm trying to call other stores, and one of them finally answers. I'm like, "Hey, do you have any copies of the Dread Special Edition?" She's like, "Yeah, sure, of course." I'm like, "Can you hold it?" "Yeah, we can." Sweet. And I instantly just got out of line, and I'm still on the phone. I also ask her, like, "By any chance, do you have the Amiibos? Because these Amiibos also sell out quick, and they sell in the resale market for hundreds of dollars. Like the current one, uh, in package on eBay, people are trying to sell it for a hundred bucks. It's nuts, and these things retail for thirty dollars." That's a markup. Freaking insane. So, of course, there are, I'm like, do you have the Amiibos? And they go, yeah, we have the Amiibos. I'm like, can you hold that one, too? He's like, yeah, sure, but we can only hold it for an hour. I was at that store in 20 minutes. Wow. I get there. There was no line. No one was there. Cops behind you. <laughs> <laughs> we got to get the Spanish Amiibo. <laughs> <laughs> but I got it. I got the special edition. I got the Amiibo, and I didn't have to pay any scalpers. So, scalpers, F you. Well, you showed them. I'm yeah. proud of you. I'm happy for you, Ash. Honestly. Yeah. Yeah. So I got I got the special edition of Dread, and it is gorgeous. Uh, yeah. Watch your Instagram uh, unboxing of it. Looks really cool. Thank you. Uh, my turn, I guess. Mm-hmm. All right. Um, I'm gonna, before I talk about some Bond that I did, uh, I want to talk about Star Wars Visions. I finished that actually this morning. Nice. Um, I woke up pretty early, uh, so I was uh, had some time to kill. So I watched a. That's a Bond title. <laughs> <laughs> Um, so I, I watched uh, uh, the, the fin- I finished Star Wars Visions. I had like four or five episodes left. Um, I don't think all of them are great. Uh, there are some there are some ones that I didn't really connect with as, as much, but there there are some that I really really loved. Um, uh, the lore that they introduced into Star Wars, like you know, canon no canon doesn't matter. Um, but there are some there are some things they do in this that I think are really unique, uh, and I, I wish that more Star Wars canon material would uh, implement them, um, especially with how they deal with the Force and lightsabers and whatnot. Uh, I think all of that is really cool. No surprise, the first Trigger episode is my favorite, because it's basically Gurren Logan with Star Wars. <laughs> Have you seen Kill a Kill? 
Not yet. Uh, Spark showed me the first episode of Kill a Kill, and I never went back. And oh, wow. I, 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 I don't like that I didn't do that. Well, you should. You should. I know I should. Um, soon, I hope. Uh, so... I do like Kill a Kill. I think it's its anniversary just a little bit ago. It's very oh, good. Very cool. Um, then, uh, th- so I watched uh, T.O.B. One. That's That was really good. There's one called The Elder that was really good. Um, the, the one I really liked was uh, Lop and Ochi. Oh, an Ocho. I think that's what it's called. Lop and Ocho. Um, that one ha- that one actually got me to cry. Okay. Like, I thought that was solid. So, loved it. I uh, recommend it. Uh, it's really great. Like, bite-sized Star Wars and anime. Kind of like the best of both worlds. Yep. I think really solid stuff. We'll have a more in-depth conversation at some later date. Yes. Uh, then I watched, I finished, because I started this actually two weeks ago, but I finished it, uh, Attack of the Hollywood Clichés. Mm. Um, Rob Lowe uh, hosts that. And it's, it's not a show. Which one? It's not? No, it's a special. It's a special. It's a 50-minute comedy special. Oh. Um, and because of that, they don't go as in-depth as I would personally like, um, like you know, a dedicated uh, "How did this get made?" type of show. I'll give you some YouTube videos. Um, would be really, would be really fun to see uh, in this kind of tone. But they don't shy away from a lot of things. Um, they talk about like uh, the origin of like "Kill All Your Gays," um, where mm-hmm. that comes from, uh, the the old the old black and white film. Um, and then they they talk about like the magical Negro type thing, and they talk about like song and stuff. That's good that they're they're talking about that. Yeah. They don't shy away from any of like the the hot button cliches. Right. It's not just like happy ending cliche. <laughs> yeah. Wilhelm scream. They it's can't nice advertise things. that though, because then then half the people won't watch it. Right, right. Exactly. And and um, and they have like uh, they have it's it's mostly. I know like the trailer had like Florence Pugh and 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 uh, Andrew Garfield, but honestly, most of the talking heads are critics. Right. Are, are critics and film historians sure. of, uh, as pe- it should be as it should be uh, people of color um, uh, wi- uh, women critics uh, some directors Florence Pugh is there and Andrew Garfield are there but they're not like the main focus point honestly solid really great I'd like more sure. I'm only upset that there isn't more I watched Halloween 3 season of the witch season, season of, of the, the witch. witch season of the witch hell yeah yep anyway so you I watched like it no, I didn't like it. I'm afraid. Yeah, I'm. I'm sorry for you. I yeah. will. I will say, I did find one scene scarier than I've ever seen in a Halloween movie, and it's when the kid dies. Yeah, mm-hmm. I had I- to turn iconic, it, iconic scene. I had to turn it off. Yeah, because I was so terrified. Um, I don't. I. I. Well, as soon as I saw something, and I, you know, I don't want to spoil it for anybody. Sure, sure. But uh, there's there's something, and you know me well, so uh-huh. you know what I'm talking yep. about. Mm-hmm. Um, I closed my eyes, but the music and the sound effects were, I could still hear it all. And it, it just was so intense and so terrifying that I was just like, I can't watch this anymore. Right. So I had to turn it off. And, and Zara was like, so are we done? I was like, just, just hold me <laughs> and we'll try and finish it. <laughs> um, but ultimately like, you know, it, uh, it's pretty slow. I did kind of find, I did find it to be an engaging mystery. Uh, but I really don't like the main, the main character. No, he sucks. Like that's part of the point. Yeah, I mean, I guess I must have missed. I, I must have. I, I missed a lot of it. I get you. But it, it, I just could not connect with the film because I found him to be so devastatingly unlikable. Sure, I I and understand that. Every woman who crossed his path deserved better. I, I, I understand why you feel the way you do. Um, it, for me, like a lot of what works about that movie is like the the bleak idea of how it goes, how it unfolds, and what it means, the end of the movie means, mm-hmm. and it's like, ugh, ugh. Yeah, <laughs> uh, honestly, the way it sits on you. I and, like the and, ending. And especially in a way where, like, 
even now, but especially at the time, horror movies didn't kill kids. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, even now, that's very rare. Uh, and especially in such a brutal way. Um, so for that alone, like, super effective. And, like, it creates in your imagination because of how the film plays out that happening to so many other children. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And it's like, oh, that is... Oh boy! <laughs> yeah, I, uh, uh, I I like the ending. I thought it was a super ballsy ending. Um, yeah, solid. So uh, we're gonna try and finish them all um, before I leave. Uh, you like the the cheeky? Here's Michael Myers, but he's just on a movie <laughs> on TV. <laughs> it, we both look, we both looked at it. He goes, "Oh my god!" <laughs> Enjoy the horror marathon. It's just Halloween. <laughs> it makes sense. It's yeah. it, it it's a logical way especially knowing like you have an audience that's going in there that's going to be like where's michael myers yeah um yeah, yeah yeah again like i i do lament regardless of like how much i like season of the witch or other people might not or or whatever like i do lament that halloween 2 following halloween which makes sense and if you watch them together they're a pair and i understand why they are that way and why they want to do it but it killed that anthology idea so quickly, and I'm like, man, all the all the Halloweens we could have Pe- yeah, had. Yeah, people just the what ref- if scenario refused. of all the Halloween anthologies we could have had for decades. And you know what? Like, I even get it. Like, if this were like the first or second Halloween, maybe, but like it's the third one. So like, I get. I was like, if you're like a fan when it comes out, like just rejecting that. Uh, Thirty years later, I think it rules. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And I and I wish the studio had had the the boldness to try again. Yeah, like, I agree. To, to reinstate the anthology thing rather than being like, we're we a Michael tri- Myers we franchise got trick or entirely. Treat. You know, we, we want Right, exactly. End. But like the idea that, uh, e- even if it wasn't every year, that like every few years you get a new Halloween scary movie story that's like, it's Halloween. And like, we you, really know, you get should. a director who comes in with a vision like that and all that kind of stuff. And like that idea that like that tradition could live on. And, Bro, we and get like, that got like the Valen- so Valentine's quick. Day and like New Year's yeah. Eve movies with like a thousand celebrities. Why can't we get like a cool horror anthology every year? Doesn't make I sense. think what, I think it's entirely likely. I was thinking about this actually a lot. Um, after Halloween ends, mm-hmm. if we give it a couple of years, we could see them re- uh, like, go back to Halloween 3 and make like a, a 40 year later it would, sequel. I would love the idea that after Halloween ends we decide to actually leave Michael Myers and do Halloween anthology. Yeah. I I don't believe in Hollywood. No, I don't believe in them either, but I could see like there there being the possibility for well, the yeah. way the way things are so cyclical like I, I don't even know if we go back to like the anthology th- th- thing but like I could see them uh being ha- having a director be like I want to make a sequel to Halloween 3. Sure. Yeah. And then we we do that because that's just you know Hollywood is cyclical. Uh, things come around. Things are reevaluated. I can I can totally see them going back to that at well, least. And that like, movie. and they understand that there's an amount of people who did were enamored with season of the witch. The the kids masks are in the Halloween yeah. and they're back yeah. in Halloween kills. Like they they're aware. And over time, it's become more appreciated. Right. Yeah. Um, but then I watched a lot of Bond movies. Um, I will go in order. I watched On Her Majesty's Secret Service, which is Joyce Lazenby's uh, one and only Bond film. Um, I think it's a really solidly written movie, especially as a Bond film. It's got a really interesting ending. Uh, iconically, the movie ends with his wife dying on the, on the wedding day. Bullfield kills his wife. Um, and a really funny uh, thing actually happens. It's, it's really emotional and powerful. And I think Lazenby actually really sells the emotion of, of, of not coming to terms with the fact that he's watching his wife, this woman, that, the first woman he's ever loved. Vesper? Uh, no, not Vesper. Oh. Madeline? Oh, what's her name? I don't know. I didn't watch it. No, it's 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 M something, but it's not Madeline. Um, Mom. Vesper obvious. Vesper is obviously a um, uh, um, uh, a meant to meant to be kind uh, in, a, in a similar role mm-hmm. as this as this woman, but I don't remember her name specifically. But she, you know, it's, it's the first person that he's ever loved, and it's and, and it's Lazenby, and he and he, he's really like selling that 
and it's really sad, and the camera is like focusing on the bullet hole in the car. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, boy, way to undercut all that emotion. Tone killer. <laughs> because every Bond movie had to end with the theme song. Sure, and I was yeah. like, you, you messed up. <laughs> you should not have done that. Like, how do you, like, you watch, like, the editor is like, perfect. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. I'm a sociopath. <laughs> Um, you feeling things? <laughs> you feeling something? <laughs> Screw that! <laughs> and, and honestly, it undercuts. So I was hysterical. It's sure. the funniest part of the movie, right? Um, there are a lot of detractors that really that really hurt the film. Lazenby is just doing a bad Sean Connery impression. Sure, um, Sean Connery. He is. It, it's his first ever movie, so he's not a, he's not an experienced actor. Um, he, he famously tricked uh, the Broccoli's to get into the movie uh-huh. to be cast. Um, I acknowledge him as a Bond, but I don't think he's a very good Bond. I know Honor Majesty's Secret Service has been reevaluated over the years. I understand it and I see it, but as someone who just watched the full thing, I've watched bits and pieces before now, but as someone who finally watched the full thing uh, today, it doesn't work. And a lot of it has to do with Lazenby not being able to carry the movie. Sure. Um, and the editing of the action sequences is bad. Mm-hmm. Like, there's moments where they'll, just to give an example, there's moments where there'll be, people will be punching, and then there will be a jump cut in the middle of the punch to the punch colliding, mm-hmm. and that's awful, mm. and just so jarring, and it just, it makes the action sequences really tough to follow. Mm. Um, yeah, look, uh, no shame to anybody who likes the movie, but I wouldn't care for it. Sure. It's a season of the witch of the hollow, of the James Bond franchise. Yeah, I guess so. Um, and I watched uh, the two Dalton Bond films. I've never seen them before, mm. um, and I've always wanted to because I like Timothy Dalton. I've always liked Timothy Dalton, but after watching Doom Patrol, I'm so much more into him now. Sure. Uh, he's my... S- oh. You got Dalton on the brain. <laughs> if Brosnan wasn't the first Bond I ever saw, Dalton would be my favorite Bond. Which ones yeah. are Dalton? You know, nostalgia again? doesn't have to... You can just make him your first, you know? No, but because like because nostalgia does play a factor with mm. James Bond for me, like it is tough for me to be like, you got know... I, I get that. Like, Pier- yeah. Pierce Brosnan's... I watched Pierce Brosnan Bond before I watched Sean Connery Bond. So I Pierce Brosnan. No, but I mean, like, that's what happened. Like, no, I, I just, get it. that's how it happened. It wasn't a plan. It was just, I saw a Pierce Brosnan Bond before I saw Sean Connery Bond. That's just yeah, what I happened. Saw the, oh, yeah, and, yeah, yeah. And, and he stuck to me that's better. What, kids, that's what happens. Like, yeah. when you're a kid, the things you watch is the things you attach yeah, yeah. to. That's what uh-huh. happens. Yeah. Yeah. Which ones are Dalton's movies again? So he did The Living Daylights and License to Kill. Oh, okay. The Who Living. D- what? Who did Man with the Golden Gun? Ro- Roger Moore. Oh, okay. Yeah. Uh, and Christopher Lee. Um, I think uh, licensed. I think uh, the Living Daylights is a is a is a good movie. It Dalton Dalton falls into the Bond role so well. Just like it's butter. He is James Bond the moment he walks on the screen. Um, it's darker than the Roger Moore film, so it is definitely a tone shift. Um, audiences were not prepared for it at the time, especially coming after Roger Moore. Um, and he he carries the movie so well, and it's good. But License to Kill. Might be my favorite James Bond movie. Wow, License to Kill, which I've never seen before, is <coughs> such a, uh, a, a it's you know it's it it is darker than even than even the Living Daylights. Uh, but there's a a sense of like revenge to the movie that you have never seen before in a James Bond movie prior to Craig. We've seen that mm. a lot in Craig, uh-huh, but like yeah. prior, I was uh, like, that's that's like all Craig, <laughs> right? <laughs> Take Craig out of the equation. Sure, <laughs> um, you know he's you know he he kind of he kind of. The, the 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 movie is Felix Leiter, who is his best friend. Um, uh, they're going to the, the wedding, and after the wedding, Felix Leiter gets half eaten by a shark and somehow survives. Whatever. Um, <laughs> um, and he 
And so he's dead that because there's a crime lord who, who wants to kill Felix because Felix uh, put him in jail. And so, like, the whole movie is, like, uh, it's, it's really the first time in James Bond canon up until that point where some you've heard this one james bond goes rogue and mi6 can't deal with him <laughs> and he goes for revenge after this drug lord uh-huh. <laughs> to, yeah. to, to revenge against felix um that would obviously become a staple of the sure craig films right um and and audiences again we're just not ready for it it also has my favorite bond girl i think the girl that they cast as the main bond girl really works and has really great chemistry with him and dalton I'm sad that lawyers prevented a third Dalton Bond film. I really mm. am. I'm. I would love to have seen more. Sure. Um, so you know, I'm. I'm. That's kind of what I have to say about it. I do. I do think like just like Connery and Brosnan, Dalton was born to Bond in a way that yeah. Moore and Lazenby never were. Yeah. Um, like there, there are people who just have it right off the bat. You see, especially like the version of the times, like. Th- bond as he was imagined for from fleming like they are able to slip into that so well that yeah. should be the james bond documentary born to bond mm. no, about all the actors it's called everything or nothing it's not good enough um yeah i loved the dalton bond films i'm so sad there's not more um but if you're going to call it born to bond you'd have to like be doing a retroactive analysis of those kind of films starting from jason Bourne backwards Oh no! Oh no! <laughs> That's so much better. Why'd you do that? Um, yeah, I um, you know, as I said, I've been I've been engrossed in the James Bond canon again in, in a way that I haven't been in quite some time. Uh, like I said, the article is down below where I I, I kind of wrote my thoughts about the Daniel Craig films. Uh, thank you, by the way. I know I blew I blew, blew through it, but I am really grateful that you guys enjoyed it um, and read it. Uh, so you guys check that one out, and that's my week. Excellent. Sweet. Sweet. Let's get into the news. Let's do it. Yeah. Bread and butter. Bread and butter. some news guys uh-huh. oh we do um ghostbusters is getting a new video game All okay right. um ilphonic is developing a new video game based on the ghostbusters franchise now if you don't know who they are offhand they are the ones who did predator hunting grounds with friday the 13th the video game Interesting. oh so they're doing a ghostbusters game ben said the cooler like news <laughs> the cooler news here uh before we get into that is that rafael sadiq is the co-owner of ilphonic he's from the band tony 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 he's also in the first season of luke cage he's a magnificent musician he also runs a video game company. Yep. Just some things you just don't think about sometimes. Wild. Effing radical. Cool guy. I saw you tweeting about um, that. I am actually very excited for this news. I don't give a really a shit about Ghostbusters. I like that first movie a whole lot, but like it's not a franchise I care about. But the biggest Ghostbusters, Ghostbusters fan on the internet, Greg Miller, who runs Kind of Funny, he said they are perfect for the team because what you want in a Ghostbusters multiplayer game is you want a team that you can be with your friends. You can upgrade your Ghostbuster. You can do different equipment. You go on ghost hunts. That's perfect. What is what is what are the games that they make? Right. Friday the Thirteenth and, and and Predator and were both those exact games. And being able to like, uh, you you have an amount of like using the map and that kind of shit in both of those to your advantage as either the uh, survivors or the the monster the, 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 ghost, ar- the yeah, warriors yeah. the soldiers or the Predator slash the Jason. Now yeah. we, uh, so the idea of playing like poltergeist and like different forms of yeah. poltergeist. So we don't them. know. If this is if this is asymmetrical like Dead by Daylight, or it's just it's like Fire Team Elite, we don't know if it's right. if there's going to be an enemy you can play as. I, um, I'd I assume so because they're past two games. Yes, right. I assume it will be similar. You're to playing Predator a slimer <laughs> that you are playing as different guys against them, and I think yeah. that could be a ton of fun, especially if you can like utilize things of the environment. Yeah. They are very good at incorporating things from look lore and, and two stuff, of the yeah. two of the best things. Like I dabbled in the Friday the Thirteenth game. A it's little good bit last year. Uh, it is good, and like if you know the films, like boy, do they know those films and they crammed in so much of that stuff into like even the tiniest little bits they get original 
literal like, actors from the you're movies. Pretty and much, stuff? You're pretty much able to reenact if you want, if you can set up the circumstances. Every kill from the first like five Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. Like if you can put a person in the right place, you could do the kill from the movie. Like it, it, it's that way. And Predator, just the same. Like there's a lot of passion. Clearly, I was shocked at how much lore is in that Predator game. Right. Yeah. And so to to do that with Ghostbusters and all the things you could do with Poltergeist, like I'm like. I'm sure there will be stuff from like there will be references to the animated show. There will be things from the comics. Like, uh, I'm sure it's going to be solid, and, yeah, me too. and it will most likely be like a budget game, so it'll be forty, fifty bucks, and that's like that's perfect for Easy these type of games. Up. Like, not every game needs to be seventy dollars. You know, not at all. Yeah, right. Uh, I just think be a good multiplayer experience. Yep. I think this is really exciting. I'm really excited for this. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of exciting news, uh, well, exciting for uh, you guys. Super Smash Bros. Ultimate. <gasps> uh, it's exciting for everybody. Yeah. Um, announced their... Uh, you just need to start playing. That's fair. Yeah. Well, they announced their uh, their, their final, final... Final for now. Final for now. For at least three years. and then For yeah. at least three years. And, and then, then the pro like, will come out. Go, go make more. <laughs> probably. <laughs> and it, but it is... It and is then we'll champion Goku. As, as, as Ben has been begging the ether uh, for pretty, as long as I can pretty remember. Pretty sure it was a Christmas wish at one point. Might have been. Was it? I Pro- think so. probably. I don't uh, know. I think you gave up on Mega Man at one point. I think you were did. like Sora and Smash. That's my new Christmas. <laughs> then we got him. Yeah, we got I'll, go, I'll go back and check the receipts later. Sora from Kingdom Hearts is yep. the new uh, playable character in Super Smash Bros. Pretty cool. That he is, and I knew <sighs> it would have been so easy to not have the Mickey Mouse chain on that Keyblade. It they could have just been. picked one of the other things, like yeah. a Pow Pow fruit or whatever. Or they like, or they could just have the, like the Keyblade chainless. It, it could have. Ha- it could have been so many things. The fact that they were able to get the Mickey Mouse symbol, I'm like, that's pretty impressive. Even as they didn't get other things, like that's, no, that's pretty impressive. Uh, I mean, Disney was. Yeah. Nice in that regard, but everything else, like in Sora's thing and nice. the Diamond of the Heart, you don't see Donald and Goofy. It's oh, just a pow pow no. fruit in the raft. They yeah. got, they were able to get the logo. Yeah, like that's as hard as they got. Yeah, right. I, I heard somewhere, like some, tw- I don't know if this is real or not, but there was a tweet going around that Nintendo paid Disney forty thousand dollars to use the the keychain, the Mickey Mouse. Oh, logo. I believe that's, it. That is no, that is no money in, in, in no. the millions of yeah. dollars. But the like. fact that they got Sora. Makes yeah. me. So, I mean, obviously, that's the character my heart has been wanting, because like right the before the well, right before the direct came out or the announcement came, people were asking, "Who do you think it's gonna be?" And I'm like, "Look, my logical brain says it's Crash, Crash. Bandicoot, yeah. Bandicoot, but in my heart of hearts, I want it to be Sora. But if it's not gonna be Sora, I'm not gonna be mad, because so many people are are have been so vividly upset about their character not being in Smash. I'm like, I'm not gonna dive into that. The characters are the character. We literally have 88 other characters to play in Smash Bros. There is That's a character so crazy to me. And yeah. With Sora, it's eighty nine playable characters. So I have, I have a question for all of you Kingdom Hearts fans. Sure. Yes. Uh, where does this fall in canon now? It do- don't worry about it. <laughs> the same as all the rest of the characters in Smash. It doesn't. They're all toys. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So is that really the canon? Yeah. I yeah. Mean, yeah. Not th- did you watch the trailer? Yeah. They're all little figures. Oh, yeah, I like just thought that was just a No, no, no. So, like, uh, that's going back to the original game, Smash, yeah. that's the whole concept of why you fight a hand at the end is because oh, they are, like, like yeah. toys that you are playing mm-hmm. with. And oh, that's And they rebel cool. against the hand. That's cool. Yeah, I and that, that. And, um, it's like, and as the games progress, there's, like, the game theory of it is, um, like, Matt, Matt Pat from Game Theory had this theory about, like, the um, like the progression of the Smash games. Because in the final um, yeah. enemy in Smash uh, Brawl for, Wii, for the Wii was this enemy called Taboo. And mm-hmm. it was like, seem it's like the theory is it's taboo to be playing with your toys as an adult because yeah. as you play through Smash Bros. and then Sm- Melee, it goes from a child to like maybe a preteen or a teenager, and then Brawl is you as an adult. Grr. 
So that's why the main enemy is taboo because it's taboo to play with your old childhood toys. Ben, in Kingdom Hearts, what's it called? Like you have Sora and Roxas. Like what is the the name? The Heartless, the Nameless. What are they called? What's yeah, Roxas Har- called? He's a nobody. Nobody. Your nobody's name is Zebin. <laughs> okay, that's pretty cool. I'm okay uh, with that. That's pretty cool. Uh, yeah, it's. I I can definitely see where they sold Disney on this by saying like you know if Sora's in Smash. More people will buy the Kingdom Hearts games that are coming to Switch. Yeah. Oh, that was and, a big uh, deal. That, that'll yeah, yeah. get the kids that are playing Smash into they the Switch releases, and Dur- then you'll make more money. And Dur- Disney's Dur- like, yeah, all right. Pretty. Uh, uh, I had a feeling that they did that once. Like when Sora was announced for Smash, it was a good backdoor way for Sakurai to announce that the 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 Kingdom Hearts games, all the Kingdom Hearts games, are going to be available for Nintendo Switch. That's the other Cloud versions, however, but still. Kingdom Hearts on the Switch. We, I just hope you have a knew, good internet this connection. Was on the horizon to an extent. So. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, I want to just bring up. You know, I mentioned earlier that it's really, it's really fun to see people's reactions, like fandom reactions to, to things that you know, uh, that that I may be uh, uh, imbi- imbi- uh, intimately aware of, or maybe not. Um, one of the things that was really, re- really cool is I was really excited for you to wake up and see this news, because <laughs> um, uh, I knew you'd be really happy about it. And seeing people's reactions because they've they've shown the trailer with their with their reactions to it. Uh, it's been so cool seeing these people like super, uh, super happy to get this character into this game. I just think that's awesome. So, I, go ahead, Ben. So when I, I woke up at around like one o'clock in the afternoon that day, I was up super late the night before, and I thought to myself, I mean, it, the, the direct, the actual announcement starts at seven. That's three hours from now when I went to bed, but I decided just to go to bed and sleep. Right when I woke up. I instantly went to YouTube, but I did see all the notifications from you, from you guys, from like in our text thread, from people tweeting at me, and. The thumbnail pr- saw, showed me who it was, and I still couldn't believe it. And then when I finally locked, saw my messages, the messages from like you uh, especially, you're like, Ben, you're going to be so happy when you wake uh, up. I, t- oh I tweeted because you, you tweeted the night before how, how bad of a, a day you had. And when I woke up in the morning, I was like, I think you're going to be happy when you wake up. Oh, I was. I was very happy when I woke up. What were you going to say? No, I was just going to say that uh, I I would have bet money that this wouldn't happen. So I'm I'm surpri- pleasantly surprised. Yeah. Well At, done. It. it it would have to have been this character, because like he's so big, like it had to right, be the last character or big. not at all. Uh, so I still, I still was against it. Like so, I didn't believe it. Well, yeah. so th- I know we're under a bit of a time limit, but I really want to uh, bring this point across as to why Sora is one of the most perfect characters for Kingdom Hearts, and because a lot of people were saying, "Oh, it's going to be Master Chief." Um, no. S- Smash Bros. is so big, not only here in the West but also in Japan. So for Sora to be in Super Smash Bros., it's like. Every fans from the West and fans from the East are just super excited because as we got the DLC characters, we got um, characters that maybe one region would favor more than the other. Banjo-Kazooie was a big hit here in the West, whereas Hero from the Dragon Quest games was super well-received over in the East. Same with uh, Joker from Persona. Yeah, and then here in, like, so Sora, since Sora and Kingdom Hearts games are so beloved in both the East and the West, this is, like, the perfect um, end. He's also like he is himself like a combination character between yeah. different franchises. So yeah. like it's per he is really the perfect yeah. last character. Like Smash Bros. in its like, at its core is the biggest video game crossover in the history of the world. I mean, whereas I Kingdom Fortnite. Ha- I mean, whereas um, <laughs> whereas Kingdom Hearts is a crossover between Final Fantasy and Disney. Yeah, it's this it's crossover you would think that no one would <laughs> would work, and it does, and yeah. it does so spectacularly, and it just makes me smile that I see the picture of Sora shaking hands with Mario and the Smash logo is in the. Back. When's and it like, coming? This is real. When's it coming? This is October eighteenth. Mario and Kingdom oh, Hearts. Oh, word! 4. That's that's so quick. Mario and Kingdom yeah. Hearts. Yeah. It just it just makes me happy that this is real. It's Chris Pratt though. <laughs> 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 but 
But yeah, um, I'm living for all the art for the new fan art that people are are drawing with Sora and his invitation and Sora. Like someone did like the Winnie the Pooh art, but with like Kirby and Yoshi. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It just I just love the fa- all the fan art. Now that's that it's out. now that it's out, uh, I've we we have not played even though it's your Switch. We haven't played Smash really since it came out. No, not for a while. No. Uh, so like I'm super Jones in when he comes out. Like have that roster of almost ninety characters and like get back into it, man. Yeah. I cannot wait for Sword of being Kingdom Hearts. I'm gonna be or Sword of being Smash Bros. That's like the third time I've done this already. Yeah, but he can't be Kingdom. I'm Hearts. super happy and just super excited. He's definitely gonna be my new main. That's for damn sure. Clocked it. We got some exciting news now. Sonic belongs to me. <laughs> yeah, Go what ahead. happened to Sonic, bro? What a what a betrayal! Top ten anime betrayals. Put on, I'm, I'm put, he put on a Sonic hat. <laughs> I'm not going to go into how... No, I'm Just not going to go into that. It's okay. Uh, we got some exciting news, actually. More exciting news? We got some... Uh, actually, this is... Pr- uh, I think so. Marauders is getting a new creative team. Oh, yeah. This Ooh. is exciting. The new X... The, the X-Men book is going to... Is getting a new team going into the next whatever phase they're going to call uh, the X-Men. Uh, the new creative team is coming on board on, on the annual number one in January. And it is Steve Orlando and Chris Lee. They're going to take Woo! over from there. Great. Fantastic. Um, I mean, everyone knew, like, something big's happening and, like, the whole line's getting relaunched. Uh, we kind of figured Marauders would stay around. Kind of hoping... Uh, he's Jerry Duggan's doing great stuff on X-Men. I'm really liking his X-Men. Kind of hoping more somebody would take over Marauders. Good news, everyone. Someone's Steve taking, Orlando. Someone's taking over Marauders. This, yeah. is, this is his first ongoing at Marvel. He's very excited. Man, he's been doing so many, like, one-shots. Like, he did, like, the man the man thing stuff mm-hmm. uh, last year. He had, like, like five different one-shots. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm glad, like, I'm so glad he's in the X-Universe. It's so good. Uh, the annual, at least, will have the Marauders go up against the X-Men 2099 villain, uh, Brimstone Love. Wild. <laughs> That's oh. such a cool, uh, obscure. I love it. Oh, and also, like, um... Um, Dokken and uh, uh, Quanin, or Conan are j- is joining the Marauders, so mm-hmm. that's fantastic. Um, so uh, in- initially, the the announcement of the annual was a little vague in saying that they are just writing the announcement, but he quickly cleared it up in saying, "I am the new ongoing writer of this book." I was very right. much like Steve. No, stay. So when you say relaunch, does that mean Marauders is going back to number one? Yeah. Or so so okay. that is so that is actually unclear because they are launching it with an annual, and mm. whether or not it is going to continue its numbering or be relaunched as oh, number one is that's con- a good is point. Confusing. Because like New Mutants and and like Wolverine and stuff, they're staying with their n- numbers. So I wouldn't yeah. be shocked if just like this is like the new creative team start here and then continue the book. Yeah, okay. that makes sense actually. Yeah, uh, that's that's not been explicitly stated, but it does look like it's going to keep its numbering. Okay. Yeah. Um, but you know, could be wrong. We'll see. When the with the the solicitation Either way, this issue, we will, will find out. I'm glad to be sticking with Marauders then. Yeah, um, and uh, uh, I'm going to do this one next because it is the, probably the most shocking news. I had just given up hope. Oh yeah, but New York Comic Con announced that Brian K. Vaughn and Fiona Staples are coming, are bringing Saga it, back. I saw I saw you tweet about it, and you're like, just when I was about to give up hope, and I'm like, bro, you gave up hope like three months ago. That's <laughs> true. You said, you said flat out, it's dead. <laughs> That's true. I did. Uh, I gave up hope, but. Fiona Staples, because Fiona Staples hasn't been working on anything but this. Uh, Brian K. Vaughn is just bankrolling her to do pages for Saga. I mean, it makes sense. Saga is coming back in January 2022, uh, almost four years into its one-year hiatus. Yeah. Um, Listen, I read Jonathan Hickman books. I'm used to this. There's a joke. I better catch up. Yeah, I'm behind, (laughs) but like I've been behind for four years, so it's not that bad. There's a joke in there somewhere. I'm trying to find it, but I can't. It's coming back with what? 55. 55. Um, And as an apology, uh, which he was very clear about, for the apology for taking so long, it's going to be a 44-page comic. Double size. The first issue, uh, 55, and it'll be be launching at 299. Hell yeah. Okay. I love it. 
So uh, reminds me of when they did the 75 cent issue. Oh, yeah, yeah. That yeah. was a full page comic. Uh, so, yeah. Uh, hey, retailers, I'm so sorry you have to deal with four year old data yeah. to get to figure <laughs> out what to buy this. But yeah, they're not going to relaunch it. It's not going to have a subtitle. It is 55. Uh, and then he was like, you know, I hope you guys are excited for the next 54 issues. And I go, I hope they're already done. <laughs> I would assume at least a couple are. Yeah, right. You would. You'd think. I mean, it took him four years. It's like, dude, you should be like. It's not him, bro. No, no. He's. I mean, it is him. Sorry, it is him. No, it, he's busy. It is. It is. He's him. busy like, writing Gundam for Netflix. Yeah. Right. The, 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 what what had happened was he put Saga on hiatus, and then he got to deal with Legendary, the Why the Last Man uh, TV show is picking up steam. Yep. Finally, Fiona Staples, however, has not been doing any other work than this. Uh, so and honestly, like I don't want like that's what makes Saga special. Like it's it's them too. Yeah. Like like keep it that way. Yeah. 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 Uh, so exciting. I'm like, look. I'm really happy this book's coming back. I missed it. Yeah, me too. I'm Can't like, wait to buy the trades again. I'm like four volumes behind, but uh, you know, again, four years. So <laughs> gotta put it back on my pull list because I just took it off. Damn! <laughs> After four years of holding out, I was well, finally yeah, like, just it, take it it's off. It's been four like, years, dude. <laughs> I'm like 45 issues behind. So. Oh, that's not that bad, dude. It went through a one you Olympics and then though. a different Olympics. Four years. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Well, wow. Sparks. The other exciting news uh, is Rick Riordan. Yeah. Has announced his new book or series. It's a new. I guess it's a series. It sounds like it's a series. Um, he usually, he almost never does like a single story in that universe, so I'm sure it's a series. Rick Riordan, the author of the Percy Jackson franchise. Yeah. Um, he is writing a new book with Nico D'Angelo. Yes. Um, which is going to pick up after the Trials of Apollo. Yes. In this new story, Nico and Will are determined to re- uh, rescue Bob, a titan, yes. uh, Bob. no matter what Camp Half-Blood counselors uh Charon and mr d have to say about it yes uh bob is trapped in tartarus um he sacrificed himself in the war with the titans damn bob uh, good job he's dope um nico and will have been slowly uh developing a relationship over the course of trials of apollo it was revealed that uh they were both queer um and interested in each other at the end of the heroes of olympus series uh that's really dope um, it's cool because like it's it's been a it's been a consistent romance. Nico's a, a very important character. Um, it would not a, a easy allegory. He's very much in a like broody Zuko role to Percy Jackson's Aang. Okay. Okay, okay, so who is he in the movie? Uh, he's not in the movie because he wasn't introduced until book three. Get on it, movie. He is the son of Hades, um, and he's. Really cool. He's a great character. Um, this is awesome because of the rest of the announcement. So go ahead and bring that part up because this is the part that makes me like... Uh, R- Riordan has been doing some really great stuff in the sense of he wrote his main series that were about Norse mythology, which is the Magnus Chase series, his Egyptian mythology, the King Chronicles. And then he's done uh, the Greek series, Percy Jackson, Greek and Roman of Heroes of Olympus. And then Trials of Apollo was kind of like a button he wanted to put on the Greek end. Uh, Roman stuff Mm -hmm. and then all these things have been stated like it's been made clear they all exist in the world there's been some amount of crossover and then he left other mythologies other world mythologies to writers of those cultures uh, and those heritage is to uh, under his own umbrella where he helps them do it but they're writing those stories to create the mythology worlds, their own version of Percy Jackson of those mythologies. Mm-hmm. And that's been happening. There's like five of those. <laughs> and they're all over the place. And so that was a really awesome thing for him to do. But this is a great next step. So he, for the first time, will be co-writing, and they'll have equal credit. Yes. Um, he is teaming up with uh, YA author uh, Mark Oshiro. Yes. Who has written Anger is a Gift, 
uh, to make sure Nico's point of view would be as authentic as possible. So, uh, Oshiro is queer and writes uh, queer young adult novels. Um, so this is really great. Uh, and he, I, I saw Oshiro like posting about this on Twitter, where he's like. I'm going to give the gays everything they want. (laughs) (laughs) So excited. Um, This is really great. This is a huge, like, very prominent uh, uh, young adult series that has been going for so long. And to have this very prominent character uh, and uh, other prominent characters as well in this relationship now brought to the forefront in such a way. And the fact that Riordan's like, I don't want to half-ass this. Uh, It's one of the reasons why I love him. He's so progressive thinking and to the fact that he's willing to, like, say, I know... I don't have the full scope on this. Yeah, yeah. Um, I love that he's bringing Oshiro in. That's amazing. Uh, yeah. Just simply amazing. Uh, I'm so pleased, so stoked, so happy to like have something else to look forward to. I'm not all the way caught up on everything at all, especially ever since he expanded into having other people writing all these mythologies that I want to read. Um, but this is this is incredible. Uh, he's doing the tour right now for the Daughter of the Deep, which is <gasps> the Twenty Thousand Leagues Under the Sea. Uh, novel he's doing which is not connected to all this um uh but it's it's still like hype for that uh this is this is such great news this book will be out summer 2023 yeah i love i love uh i just love that that he's taking the approach he's taking to it um this is really great this is all just uh really funny timing as this uh also came out the same week that um the creator for Owl House was talking about uh, the series being shut down because executives at Disney said this just isn't the Disney brand. Man, um, now that that show's mostly, like done, mostly spotlighting on its uh, its representations of sexuality, and it's like Ooh. now that the show's done, uh, they are just on Twitter, just like talking. Yeah. I love it. I love yeah. when creators like aren't scared. It's like, yeah, this is yeah, like they. they what are they gonna do? Cancel my. What show? are they gonna do? Cancel my show? Right. Apparently, exactly. there's a uh, there's a hashtag going around called Save the Owl House. Yes. Oh yeah. Definitely. Yeah, it's not gonna work, but like we wanna. I yeah. yeah uh, did Disney. Disney went too gay for us, uh, yeah. which really sucks. And I bring that up because Disney, that was so good. Disney owns the books uh, of the Percy Jackson series. And it might not always be stamped right on it. might not be as obvious uh, until that Disney Plus show comes out. But Disney does own those books. And they're like, yeah, they'll let it happen one place but not the other. It's their publishing line, Hyperion. Yeah. I need to go back. I need to finish DuckTales then go back to Owl House because I watched the first few episodes. Owl House freaking loved it. Same. Yeah. Also, DuckTales, really good, but you knew that. This is great news. Thank you for adding it. I'm very happy. You're welcome. Um, we talked a bit about Wayne Family Adventure. Maybe, Hell maybe yeah. I will say, maybe we'll find our own way into Riordan because he, they're almost, I think they're almost done with the last one for, of the Heroes of Olympus graphic novels. So we uh-huh. could Heroes graphic of novel Olympus. our way into it so you guys can actually I'm gonna do it. dip in. Yeah. Um, I still got to read those books. I read the first, bo- the first uh, book ages ago, and maybe after I finish Dune, I'll finally pick it back up. Yeah. Uh, well, the Wayne Family Adventures we talked about—that's the webtoon series uh, awesome, going so on. It's getting a live-action adaptation. That's so fast! Um, Incredible! This is so insane! I love it. YouTuber uh, Ismahawk, yep, Ismahawk, yep, yep. Ismahawk, um, is developing an official. This is official. An official live-action adaptation of the webtoon is going to be a three-part miniseries that's launching in a couple weeks. This is so cool. So Ismahawk, um, we actually met them at a Comic Con. Uh, and I geeked out in front of them. I was like, oh my god, I love you guys so much. Uh, they're awesome. They've been making like like fan-made web stuff about like Batman and stuff for, for like a decade now at this point. Um, and it's just it's really cool when a company is like, hey, you're cool. You want to make something for us. Like, I always love that. Um, sure. And like the Wayne Family Adventure stuff, again, it is, it is so wholesome, so fun. And the casting is so good. And it's like, again, like this Damian Wayne is actually like mid- Middle Eastern, like, like Talia is, like how they're supposed to be. And it's like, oh, it's radical. I love it. 
yeah, good, the, good stuff. There's um, there's photos online right now. You can check them out. Uh, some of the behind the scenes photos looks pretty good. Uh, but the cast, um, not a lot of names I recognize, but if but they're I all think like we should, they're all small YouTube people. We right. should and uh, say who they are. Um, Jonathan Bentley will play Bruce Wayne. Yoshi Sudarso will play Dick Grayson. Uh, Lisa Foyles will play Barbara Gordon, Oracle. Uh, Tim Neff will play Jason Todd, Red Hood. Peter Sudarso will play Tim Drake, Red Robin. Megan Camarina will play Stephanie Brown, spoiler. Uh, Gemma Nguyen will play Cassandra Kane, Orphan. Uh, Carter Rockwood will play Damian Wayne, uh, Robin. And uh, Dushant Fikshun Stegel Mm -hmm. will play Duke Thomas, Signal. I love it. Uh, and Marcus uh, Weiss will play Alfred Pennyworth. Uh, this is the most. This is the most diverse uh, Batman line. That this is the most diverse thing Batman mm-hmm. will ever be. Like, ev- oh, like sure. ha- most of this. Most of these people are people of color. Right. Uh, this is incre- This is truly incredible, you guys. Uh, and again, this is a low, low budget YouTube thing for a webtoon. But like the impact that this that the web comic has already had is monumental. Uh, millions of people have read this comic. Uh, and it's it's the highest read Batman comic yeah, ever. There, there <laughs> was a there was an article like this uh, web this webtoon has been has been read by more people than a Batman comic. It's like good because it's f- also because it's free. It's easy. Good people should be good people people reading comics is yeah. a good thing. No, don't care about the thing. Hundred percent. Good job. People reading comics. Hundred percent. And like this will like if all of those people like watch this Batman thing, then like this like small YouTube thing will make like millions and millions of, of views. And like I just it's all this is all good. DC's and it's official, which means he's getting paid for it. Yeah, DC is just like they're really doing good shit right now. I'm really happy for it. Yeah, uh, that's very exciting. I'm I'm looking forward to this. Yeah. Um, we'll do this one next, guys. When was Hotel Transylvania Transformania supposed to come out? I don't care. October first. October first. Um, well, it didn't. Um, and <laughs> something weird happened. What it just didn't come out. And uh, uh, I, I did some digging, and and I guess Sony didn't actually say. Um, when it was going to come out, when they sold, uh, when they sold the movie to Amazon, but they also didn't stop but any of the things that were saying October first. None of the marketing was stopped. None, uh, nothing was stopped. And Amazon seemed to have no answer on that. And Amazon didn't know when it was supposed to come out. The thinking it was October first because that's what the official Twitter account has said since August. It's not been updated since sure. August. Well, there was a big hullabaloo, and people were like, "What's going on?" Amazon was like, "We don't know. We didn't get the go ahead to release it." Um, so. Now Sony is saving face. It is now coming out January fourteenth, and Sony's like, "Get ready, it's coming." We what didn't forget about it. It's a, it's a bummer. I to have a a movie about those characters not come out in October is yep super Th- super lame. Oh man, that like not that I was like itching at the bone to watch it, but like I do like watching those in October. Like they're still Dracula. They're and fun. How Frankenstein's monster and stuff. Like I want to give this one. Ch- I don't have a lot of faith in it because it's not Tartakovsky, but yeah. like I. Still wanted to try. Yeah, they're fun. They're fun, family-friendly monster movies. So yeah. it's like, and not ha- this coming out in January, not October is like, there why? Was, there was a lot of, um, and this is this is also especially weird because Sony um, has been having a, an incredible year with their animation. All their animation m- movies that they sold to Netflix um, have been really well received critically. Sure. Um, it can't be financially, but like, uh, they've been having a great year, and then they sold this to Amazon and forgot about it. Maybe because they were just Oops. too busy having a good year, they were like, "We don't want to spoil it." Maybe the movie's they were too busy really celebrating Venom. Let there be. Carnage. It's awesome. Yeah. Maybe the movie's really bad. They're probably partying really hard. That's what like, I'm nervous. Yeah, about. like yeah. I, when you told me, like again, this is a franchise I don't care about, but like Adam Sandler is not in it, right? No. No. Okay, again, and Teddy Cross, he's not making it, right? Right. Well, how, why does anybody even care? Right. Like I'm being serious. Like why would anybody care about this? Because <laughs> the first three made money. 
No, I'm talking about like fans. Like, like, like why would I, fans? Why, like, because because like it, it does feel like this one is being made for like well kids will watch it and yeah. like like families will watch it because we've already got them and I'm like the first three like were made with something more to it than that. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, anyway, watch Mitchell's versus the Machine. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> the other so the best Sony animated film since Spider Verse. Spider Verse. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What other ones have there been? Uh, well, this week, uh, this year, they released Wish Dragon. Uh, Wish Dragon. That was a Netflix. It's on Netflix. I've wanted to watch that one. I've Me heard too. Good heard good things. Uh, I think Vivo is theirs also. Oh, yeah. Heard about Vivo. Which did really well. Okay. Oh, did? Um, heard good things there, too. Uh, and then there was a fourth one that I don't recall. But, like, this year has been really good for them. Um, they ha- they sold all their, all their animated films to Netflix except for this one. Um, and they have all been, like, really well received. Um, not that I'm trying to get Ryan to watch the Hotel Transylvania films, because I'm not. But you should know that the villain in three is Catherine Hahn. No, I know. Okay. That's I remember cool. the, tra- the trailers. Um, they're on, like, a boat. Yeah, they're yeah. on, like, yeah. a boat. Yeah. Uh, all right. We all like Shang-Chi. We did. We did. We yeah. all like Jean Nguyen Yang. Yes. Yeah. Well, American-born Chinese, which is his written and, and written and uh, illustrated graphic novel, uh, is getting an, a Disney Plus adaptation from Destin Daniel Cretton, the director of Shang-Chi. Ooh. Um, uh, Kelvin Yu from Bob's Burgers and Charles Yu from Westworld are going to write and executive produce the series uh, with Kelvin Yu serving as the showrunner. That's very nice. All right. All right. So this is just like an animated adaptation thing? I don't know if it's animated. Okay. Um, they, didn't speci- they didn't specify. Right. Um, but this is what it's about. Uh, the Disney Plus series resol- uh, revolves around Jin Wong, an average teenager juggling his high school social life with his immigrant home life. When he meets a new foreign student on the first day of the school year, even more worlds collide as Jin is unwittingly entangled in the in a battle of Chinese mythological gods. Ooh. That's cool. Okay. That's awesome. Yeah. Um, I've been interested in reading this book for a while because uh, I like Jin, Jin Yang. Yeah. Uh, but this is really cool. Yeah. Great. A lot of uh, MCU TV show news happened this week. News or rumors? Rumors <laughs> that I have uh, that I have addressed because uh, the Agatha Harkness one has been picked up by the uh, quote unquote official news sites. Sure, sure. Um, um, Agatha Harkness uh, supposedly, according to Variety, uh, who scooped this. I I wouldn't be surprised. I, I just want to get out in front of it and say like I wouldn't be surprised if a lot of these rumors are true and they're building up steam because we're weeks away from Disney Plus Day, mm-hmm. where I'm sure a lot of this gets announced. Yeah, yep. potentially. Um, Variety's reporting that a spinoff of WandaVision starring Catherine Hahn is in the works, uh, which is part of a... this. Now, this part is true. She has recently signed a three-year deal with Marvel Studios. Right. Um, that will involve other appearances. Um, this one will be written by Jack Schaefer, who was the showrunner for WandaVision. Mm-hmm. Um, and that's the, that's the Agatha Harkness one. Yeah. I believe this. Yes. 100%. Um, this one's one that was picked up by the legitimate news she, si- news site. She had a number one hit on iTunes. Yeah, that that billion dollar song got her a TV show. <laughs> yeah, um, but Daniel RPK's Patreon account, oh, this guy, has said that Disney is also working on a Ten Rings uh, TV, TV series for Disney Plus and a Monica Rambeau TV series for Disney Plus. I don't know if I believe the Monica Rambeau one right now. Yeah, but I. Wouldn't be surprised if the Ten Rings one is true. Yeah, and I kind of want it to be. I think that's a good opportunity and way to like focus on her and what she's doing. When they said like at the end of Shang Chi, the Ten Wings, Ten will Rings return. will return. I was like, I kind of hope it's not them trying to stuff what she's doing into a movie about whatever Shang Chi is doing. Yeah, yeah. for a sequel. 
So Again, the fact her, that we could split yeah. that up because of Disney Plus stuff, like a six-episode series about her doing stuff with the Ten Rings, I'm here it for it. It can also go like into the backstory and mythology, maybe even get Tony Long back in a cameo as Mandarin. Right. Because I want him back more than anything else sure, in this sure. universe. Now, uh, Des- now, this just to add fuel to this fire, Destin Daniel Cretton uh, also has recently signed a Disney Plus deal right? Uh, to bring program to Disney Plus. Yeah. Uh, I think... I think the Ten Rings one is honestly one of the ones that I'm most attracted by um, because I think that is the best way to like actually devote time to focusing on her story without shoehorning her onto a Shang-Chi film. Yeah. Yes. I, I wouldn't be shocked if the if the Monica Rambeau one is true, but I, w- but I think that might be in a couple years after the second Captain Marvel movie. Oh, yeah. Right. So sure. I think this might be like we heard it's in, in talks now. Right. Yeah. yeah. So I, a- I wouldn't be shocked if all this is true, just not now. There is a lot of there's a lot to be said about the fact that a lot of these scoops, especially these Patreon people, uh, they hear their news from the assistant of the assistant. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, it's like I heard them talking about this and the thing, and they run with that. So there is there is like I'm sure a Monica Rambeau show is being right. levied about. Yeah. I honestly think that like Chapek, someone whoever, um, is talking to Kevin Feige. What more can you put on Disney Plus? And they're just kind of spinning their wheels, thinking like, what would fit? What's gonna? What's what we want to do on Disney Plus? What we want to do in movies? I would imagine. I wouldn't be surprised if like every character that we've ever been introduced to has crossed the Disney Plus desk, mm-hmm. uh, and, and s- at some at some time. Yeah, they're sure. always talking about the next step. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Uh, that could be where the Monica Rambo one comes from, but you know, you never know. Yeah, right. these uh, there are crazier, worse rumors I've heard than these ones. That's yeah. true. This yeah. is spilling off of the the rumors about e- around Echo and uh, Wilson Fisk appearing in Hawkeye's <sighs> Daredevil season. I also from Daniel RPK. Uh-huh. This this is the same guy who said the, this, we were so, getting a Spider Man trailer for like three months. So so I'm like, mm, I could see a trailer dropping for Hawkeye on Disney Plus Day, and if they reveal Fisk in that trailer, I'll I'll flip. I, I will <laughs> lose my goddamn <laughs> yeah, mind, I'll you flip guys. The table. <laughs> that season. So then they could be like in the it because then because that's when they'd want to say stuff about the Echo series. Yeah. Uh, at least casting announcements, and if they were like, and he'll carry over into I the Echo series, like, yo, <laughs> I, you know, uh, a Spider-Man Daredevil aside, yeah. I 100% the Echo Daredevil King. I believe that stuff 100%. Yeah, it's it's too good. It's too good. Echo is such a Daredevil character. It's so weird that she would be in a Hawkeye show. That's all I'm saying. Yeah. Um, all right. So we'll see what happens there. Yeah. Uh, Disney Plus Day is fast approaching. That's it so is. cool. Um, so we'll see. Investors, get ready, baby. Uh, Hellraiser. <laughs> the Hell Goofy's here. Oh, gosh. <laughs> Apparently. Um, Pain. <laughs> Smash can't afford him, but we can. <laughs> yeah. uh, they have announced their uh, the, the Hellraiser TV series for Hulu, I believe, um, has announced their new pinhead. Uh Jamie Clayton from Sense Eight has been cast as Pinhead. Woo woo woo! Very cool. Yeah. Um, I am just I forgot that this this was happening, and always like when casting things happen, like oh right, that show's done. That's great. That thing's happened. Um, I'm so excited. I love Hellraiser. Uh, there was a lot of really bad sequels, but like they still have cool merit. One of them has Henry Cavill. It's true. Uh, yeah. Uh, uh, a lady playing Pinhead. People stop getting mad. Pinhead's a John a John <laughs> Jenkins in the comics. Like it's right. not a big deal. <laughs> stop crying about things you've never read. People stop getting mad. Is a good. Uh, it's just a good thing. Yeah, we'll put that up top, up up top of the screen. Just people stop getting. Well, mad. Getting mad. like I saw a lot of people like being like, "How can you? How can you not have it be just like the thing we've as, already as, seen as, as they were in Hellraiser? Like, how is it not the same person or anything like that?" And I'm like, "What? It's, have it's you ever not, seen Batman? What are you like, talking about? People get like, casted all the well, time." Well, and I'm like, "It's it's not like Pinhead is Robert England is Freddy. Like, yeah, like Pinhead's cool, but like we can." 
They don't have to be married. Pit, okay, to, to be fair to that actor, he is iconic, but like he For is sure. he is not a Freddy Krueger. Right. Yeah. That's what I mean. It's yes. like uh, uh, you know, like because we tried to do that and like, it didn't work. Yeah. Like with Pinhead, uh, even for me as someone who isn't into these old horror films or these older horror franchises, it's like, I see Freddy Krueger, I was like, I know exactly who that is. I see Jason Voorhees, I know exactly who that is. I see Pinhead, I'm like, yeah, that's Pinhead from Pinhead, right? And they're like, no, it's Hellraiser. I'm like, what the hell is Hellraiser? Those movies... more indicative of just you. Yes. Hellraiser... Than it is of... Hellraiser's a little more risque, a little darker, a little more sexual, sensual psychosis stuff than your slasher movies. So it's it doesn't have as big as a fan base because it's too genre. Were you sitting over there going, ooh? Yeah, because you were saying sensual. The whole thing about the Cenobites is like pleasure and pain are the same thing. I'm aware. I'm aware. I've seen the first Hellraiser. Okay. Love it. I've only seen the first one, though. I haven't seen the sequel. That's that's just fine. The second <laughs> one's really good. I I'm not knocking like any of the sequels. I'm just saying like at least you've seen the first. Yeah. 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 Uh, it was a long time ago when I used to be like Halloween is time for horror movies. So I, I just bet you don't remember movies. any of it. Uh, potentially, but I remember I remember enough. But I would like to watch it again. I believe you. Um. All right. The fall of the house of Usher. Mm. Yes. We all like Mike. Mike. We always like Mike Flanagan. Yeah. You bet. Well, coming off of Midnight Mass, the success of Midnight Mass, he is uh, developing a new horror series for Netflix uh, called The Fall of the House of Usher, which is going to be based on the 1839 Edgar Allan Poe short story. This is the new house series, haunting series. Okay, so hold up. When you said Fall of the House of Usher, I'm like, what did Usher do? I thought I was wondering if one Usher, someone was going to talk. I, I was like, hold up, hold up. Usher's still in the he's still in our good graces, right? What did he do now? <laughs> no, he these are my confessions. Um, so Mike Flanagan is going to do this after he does the next horror film horror series he's doing from for Netflix called Midnight Club, um, which he did, which he started after Midnight Mass. Nice, man, um, dude. He's a Netflix horror machine. I love it. Yeah. And he's still he's still adamant that none of these are the s- are season three of of House of House of whatever Haunting of Hill House Haunting mm-hmm. of Hill. House. Uh, but you know if we get a story we'll come back to it. So yeah. I'm like okay cool. Do it, you do you man. You're making some go- some gold. <coughs> oh yeah. Uh, I'm excited to start Midnight Mass. Right. Uh, uh, Megan just messaged me to put a correction in where she said she read that uh, it's not just the House of Usher even though that's the title it's going to be pulling from. All of Poe's work. Oh, in very cool! Ways. Nice. The pendulum, the raven. Very cool. I didn't know that. Thank you, Megan. <laughs> <laughs> um. Uh, all right. Trailers. Excellent. Tea talk. Trailer park time. Scooby Doo and guess who? Has this show? Is this show already going? Yes. So okay, the thing I didn't was, know that. this was a boomerang exclusive. Mm-hmm. It's <laughs> now come to HBO Max as of October, oh, which is I great. See. Uh, but it was a boomerang exclusive for a while, so you had to have like either cable channel access to watch it or. Um, the subscription purchase of Boomerang mm-hmm. either through your provider or it itself. Mm-hmm. Uh, now it's available on HBO Max, which is great. Right. So this is the this the is the new interpretation of like the the All Star Scooby Doo series where he used to like team up with Batman and the Harlem Globetrotters. This is the celebrity series. Don Knotts. Uh, now there are new episodes coming. Yes, exactly. Uh, th- and that's what this is. And I've heard good things about like the quality of this series. So I'm 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 happy to see it's there. I just remember Fred's going, "Hang on, share." Yeah, <laughs> on the surfboard. Yeah. Uh. Look, like Scooby Doo's. Got some hits and misses, but like usually, its celebrity stuff is pretty entertaining, even yeah. if it's not like like quality. Jason like, Sudeikis. Uh, we got um the the Kiss film crossover yes. is, oh, is yeah. pretty solid, and uh, the WrestleMania one with John Cena. Hey mm-hmm. brother, 
I'm just saying, like, they do some wacky stuff, but, like, it usually lands. Scooby-Doo, uh, the the old All-Star Scooby-Doo. Scooby-Doo All-Stars? I don't remember. Yes. Harlem um, Globetrotters. The, uh, it was always so much fun because, like, you never know if they were going to team up with a real character. Or Batman. With, with like, a real actor. Or right. the Addams Family. Right. Mm-hmm. Or Batman. Right. Sometimes it's the Addams Family, which is, which is one of the few episodes that they haven't been able to get the rights back to yes. put on. the Like, that's why there's a collection that finally came out on Blu-ray of them, and they're missing two episodes. One of them is the Addams Family one because they just cannot get the rights back yeah. for the Addams Family episode. So it's like the almost complete collection. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, they've got like, uh, they, they meet up with all of Laurel uh, and Hardy. They, mm-hmm. they meet up with Abbott Costello, uh, Don Knotts, um, Batman, like it, all kinds of great stuff. Yeah, and it looks like the Guess Who Scooby-Doo is carrying on very, very much. much in the same plan. Very same much. Um, I'm pretty sure Batman is also one of the Guess Who I'd be guests. surprised if he wasn't, uh, With Kevin Conroy. I'm pretty sure that happened. Because in the, in the comics, it's well established that they're friends yeah. with Batman. They're it, would be the, it would be the second time they did it because Batman, Brave and the Bold did, they do did a Scooby-Doo? Scooby-Doo crossover thing. Oh, I don't remember that. Sounds uh, right. Uh, with Batmite, I think. Bat oh, Mite that sounds did right. Like three vignettes, yeah. and yeah. one of the vignettes oh. brought in Scooby Doo. I, I, yeah, that that makes sense. I've also been reading the comics that he, they yeah. came up with Batman. A lot. Hey, I'm a fan of like just really goofy, good, enjoyable Scooby Doo. And Scooby Doo, yeah. and guess who? Clearly has like its heart in the right place. Oh yeah, House of Dragons. Brandon, what do you think about this? Ben, ben is more hype than anybody else at this table. I, I yeah. like the Targaryens. I I liked what I saw. I like the new design for the throne. It looks. It's not like the. It's closer to the design that we saw that George R. R. Martin says, like, hey, this is like the actual thousand swords sure. melted by Rhaegar Targaryen's dragon. I'm I'm I, glad to, I'm I'm hoping that's good, but at the same time it's like I like I like the history of the Targaryens, so yeah. I, I'm into this. I had to watch the trailer. Uh, I would have watched it anyway, but like uh, when I, s- I saw Joe Starr's tweet first, which was, this looks like weird Witcher cosplay. I was like, is this not weird Witcher cosplay? Mm. I, so I, I had to watch the trailer. Sure. I was like, oh, it's not. Okay, I yeah, see. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I think I think it would be really funny if Brandon gets drawn in enough. He decides to watch this one. Mass this Man. is how he gets the Game of Thrones. I mean, uh, it is the prequel. Uh, this is his so, path. You know, like, yeah. it, it could be. It could be your path. Hey, just like the prequels, like, hopefully this show. Uh, I, I'm hoping for the best. I have not gotten the bad taste out of my mouth of Game of Thrones. I'm over it. Yeah, like, I'm over it. I I'm I'm like all right. I mean, but you gotta like, if I if I start this show and it's just like middling, I'm, oh, I'm not putting the time. I'm gonna give it one episode. Yeah, I'm gonna give it one episode. I just uh, I remember when Game of Thrones. I'm not thinking of the bad. I'm thinking of the good. And right. like, it's the best television's ever been. Right. So like, if it can even get to there, but I'm gonna give it one episode. <laughs> right. <laughs> That's all you get. That's all you get, Matt Smith. Um. Yeah. The After Party. This is Lord Miller's yeah. TV show. Yeah. Looks great. I'm so happy. Murder mystery comedy TV yeah, show. Yeah, I want to watch it. Me too. Yeah, I I didn't realize it was like a show. That makes me 100% more excited for it. Um, yeah, Lord of Miller, they're like the funniest people in Hollywood. Damn you, yeah. Apple TV. I love yeah. murder yeah. mysteries just in general, so mm-hmm. like, hell yeah. This, yeah. Lord Miller? There's been like billion dollar sci-fi shows on Apple that I won't watch, but like this comedy, this is the thing that I'm going to watch. Well, now that Apple you do TV. it, then you'll spill into Foundation. Oh, 100%. I just, I, needed, I needed the actual in, and like Lord of Miller is my in. Yeah. Yeah. So I, di- I di- haven't told you again. I told these guys when we were watching the trailer for it, but I actually know one of the producers on, oh. the, on the show. Yeah. I went to high school with her. Wow, she's made it. Yeah, because she was posting on her Instagram that she's a producer of the show, and uh, she I think she posted like a vanity article with her name in it, and I'm like, good for you. That's very cool. So I'm um, yeah, good for her. She she has made it. Yeah, cause she, so reach out, get her on the show. Nah. <laughs> um, no, that's very cool. Though. Ryan's I'm like, gonna... no, don't, <laughs> never. That's very cool though. Um, I think this looks really funny. Mm-hmm. Uh, Tiffany Haddish looks like she's the the quote unquote detective. Yeah, uh, she could be real detective. I don't know. Um, I'm here for it. Yeah, me too. Game night vibes. Yeah. Yeah, yes. definitely. Yeah. Yes. Boy, speaking of game night, though, <laughs> uh, 
Um, all right. Blade Runner, Black Lotus. I love the vibe. For sure. Yeah. Uh, they've got that atmosphere of the world down pat. Uh, I absolutely, as a massive Blade Runner fan, uh, I'm so glad this wasn't an action trailer. Mm. Because Blade Runner is not about action. Yeah, it was setting a It was setting. A it tone. was a mood piece. Yeah. Just sweet, sweet jazz. Yes. Just like Japanese wax and poetics. Like, what does it mean? Am I human? It, you know, I this is sad. I think this is one of those times where it's really benefiting from the fact that it it's for Adult Swim first. 100%. And they know the Adult Swim audience. They're like, we know if we we can get you with chill. Yeah. We know we can get you with that lo-fi bang. Lo-fi, 100%. Blade Runner <laughs> lo-fi. We know it. Yeah. Um, I'm not 100% sold on the animation, but like it certainly looks better than like the Netflix flair that we normally get. Um, so like I I am super excited for this. Yeah. Super excited for this. I yeah. am sold on the animation of the world. Yeah. 100%. I'm not sold. Uh, the people. I'm, I'm not yeah. completely there on the animation of the characters. As far as as far as I'm concerned, that's the only hurdle that I have in the show is the 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 facial animation on the people. Yeah. Um. Otherwise, I'm very excited. I think I think if I adjust, I'll be okay. Yeah. yeah. Same. That's coming out in November. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Lock and Key season two had a full trailer. Boy, I need to. Rewatch that whole first season. <laughs> that yeah. was like five years ago. That was so quite a while so ago. It, felt it like wasn't. It was actually. two years ago. It wasn't even and two then years ago. Ryan looked at when we did Lock and Key or when Lock and Key came out, and we're like, "Holy shit!" It was shit. February of last year, and it feels oh. like it's been gone. It's for been two literally years. less than two years. But it feels like that, and then it's because it well, came out right be fair, before the. To pan- be fair, it, it was it was the se- the second season couldn't be worked on because of the pandemic. Yeah, yeah. And, and also it feels like that because it came out right before the pandemic. Yeah. yeah, and I have to keep reminding myself that I was doing stuff before the pandemic. The it's pandemic true. does feel like ten years ago. Uh, yes, it does. Yeah, this trailer looks great. I I definitely want to watch it. I'm super excited about it. I need to remember what I is remember happening and who everybody is. There was a spooky cave at the end. That's about it. It's like a spooky crown. cave, and they're uh, the things coming out of the whole of the, of the the thing. The Omega Key, right? Yeah. Now, now I'm yeah. also starting to remember start, a lot of it. The pieces, starting to come back. the pieces are coalescing. Yeah. Yeah. Like um, if you get hit with this one thing, the, like the darkness, or yeah, something, they got hit, it, and that they got possessed. Like that one girl yeah. got possessed at the very end. So her and the, this other guy, who's now dating the daughter, one key makes I, you I into a ghost boy. Yeah, yeah. one key turns you into a little boy. Or and the other key, like you can go inside oh, your the head. The key changes your appearance, right? Because in the comics, it's the gender key, but in the right. yes. in the in the movie, it's, it's more poly- like it's you just polyjuice portion. Other people, yeah, other yeah. people, yeah. Yeah, I it, uh, the quality looks good. Like I'm excited. Oh yeah, yeah solid. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. I'm really excited. I really love that first season. So I I, can't I have no problem this. with rewatching the first season. No, not at all. Mm-hmm. Even if I do it just kind of passively, just to get back <laughs> in the groove. Yeah. True. Hey, uh, Brandon, aloha. Oh, oh right! <laughs> oh yeah! <laughs> when he flips him off, he's like, "Cause Sean Ashmore's like, screw you, Key House." And then Memories. he goes, "He's like, what's that mean?" It's like, "Uh, it's like Aloha in Hawaii." Wait, and he is it Sean or is it the other one? I don't know. They're they're twins. They no, look the same. Is it? It's not Sean. Eric. Wait, what's the other? Which one was name? on the boys? Not oh, fuck. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I Actually, I shouldn't have brought it up. I'm sorry. Because one was on the boys and one was on Lock and Key. I, I can't. Let's move on. I'll look it up. <laughs> yeah, because um. one was Iceman, the other was on Smallville. No, but like specifically the 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 the, the Aaron Paul. No, the Aaron two Paul. of the like the Aaron t- Ashmore is on Lock and Key. Okay. Oh. Aaron Ashmore and Sean Ashmore is on the boys. Yes, yes, yes. I'm gonna say yes. We'll we see. Can't, we can't pause the show. We gotta um, keep going. Uh, I am like, is he? Because like they were going at the same time, and the, and I remember like the uh, watching the two and Sean Ashmore is on the boys. Yes. Good job, Ice. We did it. All right, so Sean Ashmore is Iceman. Okay, yes. got it. Yeah. All right. Paranormal Activity: Next of Kin. This is a <sighs> more full, comprehensive trailer. I wish this wasn't 
only on Paramount Plus because I'm actually very interested in it. Yeah, I want to see this in a theater. Out of two headed goat. Out of all yeah, the this par- looks this oh. looks pretty solid. Out of all the parent, I've never seen any of the Paranormal mm. Activity movies for because at the first one, of course, is like, oh man, this might be terrifying. But as we got a new one, practically every single freaking year, that's how it I, works. It was just like I yeah. was like, okay, whatever. It's just Love the same the third shit. One. It was just the same shit. For some reason, this one, I'm like, you're just I, going. It's the same shit, but you never watch them. Shut up. You can't just. You can't yeah, say that. Yeah, that's what other people have said. <laughs> I really want to see this one. Good. Good okay. Good. I really want to see this one because it looks so creepy and scary. It's like I'm, I'm kind of into like your family members, oh. like your biological family members, in this creepy cult, and that's why your mom. They're fake Amish. I want to put, put Ben through the Paranormal Activity films. I don't. I do. I don't. I think you're gonna have a good time by the time you get to four. No, I want to get. I, I want to get him to the spinoff one with the Five? ending. Yeah. yeah. With the, what, what, sorry. Five. Five. <laughs> uh, uh, Sparks brought it up when we were watching it, but like now that like cameras are just so nice and advanced, it's like you can just make this look like a nice movie, but still being like the documentary style. Yeah, it's yeah. still uh, being it's a found footage film, but like you can have a camera that portable that looks that good Word because yeah. that's that's real. It's a, it's the future. Yeah. Uh, I mean, hey, it's funny because that exact thing came up in Scream, the MTV show we were watching, and I'm like, that she could be carrying around a camera because there's this bit they're doing where she's filming stuff, and I'm like, she could be carrying around a camera that filmed better than this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, it doesn't need to look that grainy anymore. I, I mean, hey, iPhone can't people shoot stuff on iPhone that's cameras the point. to that's prove a point. That's, that's <laughs> the point is that it looks, it looks that good. It looks mm-hmm. like you could put yeah, that that's on what, TV good. That's why when mm-hmm. we first saw the, the first look at this, I thought there was only going to be half found footage, but the whole thing is found footage. It just looked really nice. Not the whole thing. Um, unless they're like, because there's definitely like atmosphere shots that are either like they're capturing oh, it from somewhere right. or it's a drone. I think they're doing like the district it could nine be a dr- thing. It could be a drone, or but like, like I think it's a district nine thing. It's yeah, like I think it's a yeah. mix. Yeah. I mean, it is very unsettling when you see the grandma and she's peeling her own hand with a pinch. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's like yikes! This is a bad time. Skin soup. And then when the kid starts, we're going to put Ben through all the paranormal activities. No, no, I I veto this. I veto this. Yes, I can. Next year, it'll be next year. Well, it's a democracy. Uh, uh, Ben, you said that you made a judgment call about. Ugh, it's all the same shit without watching any of it. So we're going to watch it. It's true. (laughs) Yeah, you did this to yourself. You did this to yourself, Ben. The first three are pretty good. That yeah, first one, right. the first, yeah. The fir- uh, I you got nothing to yeah. complain about. We're not putting you through a shit franchise for uh, no reason. You watched The Conjuring, you liked this. I did like The Conjuring, yeah. So there you go. Uh, okay. So if I ever see an Annabelle doll, I'm burning it. Resident Evil. Don't you own a little Annabelle figure? That, I meant like the actual doll. That, if it. I burn that one, that's <laughs> an offense to you because you gave that to me for Christmas. So <laughs> as a joke. That's different. I know it was a joke, but you still gave it to me for Christmas. So. All right. Resident Evil. Welcome to Raccoon City. Which one? Yeah, which one? Either. <laughs> Let's talk about the better one. Uh, the the international trailer? The international trailer is much better, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, is that the one with the song? or is that No, the that's no, the one without, without the song. song. The oh. one we watched yesterday. Oh, okay. So I'm not convinced this will be a good movie. You see a lot of the same footage. It's just how it's cut. Yeah. Yeah, I'm yeah. not convinced this will be good. But uh, Wait, you're not looking forward to the sci-fi film Resident Evil? Th- thank you. You're that's welcome. exactly what or I mean. Or the really bad uh, CGI like, monsters. Uh, like this, this is exactly what a Resident Evil movie should look like. Like, sure. like for better or worse, like if you did the thing where it's not going to be the thing, then just adapt it how it's supposed to. This is the trailer. Every shot is basically from the game, mm-hmm. right? It, it like it looks like it. Like the monsters, like even like the characters look like I'm 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 a hundred percent happy. I am really excited, but I'm not convinced it's going to be good. <laughs> right. The the um the one of the things that I really liked about the international trailer, like the the first trailer looked fine. I I didn't uh, the the one that they showed at New York Comic Con. It looked fine. Um, I, I, w- I wasn't too impressed, but the international one has this sequence with the truck driver mm-hmm. hitting the hitting the, the. And I was like, "That's 
effective. Yeah. Right. This yeah. is a good tone piece. Why isn't this in ours? Yeah, and I think it just looking at the two trailers honestly like illustrates that I'm not really sure where this movie is going to land, and I hope that it's like I do hope it's a little campy mm-hmm. in the in the way that it should be. It, yeah, and um, yeah. and I think it might be. So here's the thing. I think it looks campy, but it might be the thing where they don't know they're making camp. That's what's That's what I'm me. scared about. Yeah. Like like malignant. Like you want to make a malignant when you're making Resident Evil, you don't want to accidentally make a malignant. Right. Like because then like, it's gonna be awful. Like for better or worse, and we'll talk about it at some point. All those films, but like uh-huh. uh, Anderson knew when he was being campy. Yeah. He knew what he was doing when he was doing it. Yeah. yeah. Like sometimes it doesn't work. And but he knew what he was I, doing. I was a little worried because they're combining the first two games in the one movie. Right. Uh, but they are doing two separate teams, two stories kind of interacting with one and the probably right. more. I saw that too. So I'm 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 okay with that because like again like those stories aren't super in depth. They were PlayStation One games, right? Um, all the characters are there that, that you'd want. Uh, the actions there, it's rated R. Do like, you feel like that one shot where like it's the main shot that shows like the inside of the mansion for the first time, like? Yeah. It's scaled weird, isn't it? It looks smaller. Yeah. Right? It looks weird. It's a pretty it's tiny a, mansion. Yeah, yeah. Okay, so I haven't played through much of the first Resident Evil, but I did get to the part where you're in, you get inside the mansion. The mansion That's looks the be- huge. It's the beginning. Yeah, and it, then, yeah, yeah, it's the beginning. But then in this one, I'm like, why does this look tiny? It definitely the foyer part doesn't have the scale that you'd want. Um, but I'm I'm hoping the mansion's still big. And yeah, stuff. yeah, yeah. I'm not. Gonna, yeah. I'm not it's definitely when they walk in. It's definitely like there's like so much room that's not here. It like yeah. throws me off. Like there's a, there's a weird scaling thing that it, it almost looks like the background is altered. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, in front of them, and I'm like, I know that's probably not the case. I don't think they're in front of some green screen, but it looks weird. Yeah. This, sorry, is this the Netflix one or not the Netflix one? This, this is, is not, not the, the Netflix this is not one. Netflix one. Okay, this is only in cinemas. Got yeah. it. Okay, but I will not lie. I kind of like the way they shot the the. It's, I know it's the same shot from the game, but I do like the scene where you see the zombie for the first time, and it just sure. like, yeah. looks over. Yeah, absolutely. It's like, hey, that's awesome. Again, like, the rest of the monsters, you can tell they're like bad CGI. Yeah, and this movie's coming out soon, so like the CGI is basically done. Uh, yeah. Again, this is this is definitely low budget. Well, like, I'm not super yeah. mad at it. But that's yeah. I would, did want to comment on that because like the one monster that they they show pretty prominently that the big ass pile has heard is all like like CGI from like a decade ago. Yeah, um, shocks me just a little bit because I'm like. These films made Sony a lot of money. That's I'm, the I'm surprised franchise. they're not putting a bit more money into the budget of the effects for it. If they want this to be, they want this to do well. They want this to be the relaunch of more franchise. Resident Evil films that are more faithful, but get people to come to the theaters and see them. And I'm like, I don't know that you put the whole faith of the budget in this. Yeah. I'm hoping the film makes yeah. up for it regardless. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Like the most. Uh, Tr- not atrocious, but the one you can tell is like that's not really good CGI. Is the one with like the white uh-huh. paste. Yep. Yeah, the big bio has yeah, a tyrant. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So that one, I mean, the the one with the brain and the teeth looks pretty good. Yeah, the looks, liquor. Looks, sure. Looks yeah, fine. I think it looks fine. But I, the, uh, that one's that the biohazard's like yikes. I was also surprised, uh, and much in the same way, Sparks, because uh, I I watched the first show and I was like, oh, this has a smaller budget than I thought. Uh, yeah. I, th- I thought maybe you'd want to put like a studio behind this. Maybe yeah. I guess maybe they. It, they wanted the first one to be like small enough just in case it was it, it wasn't a hit potentially i guess that's why they're doing two games in one i guess yeah but that's the thing is like you you've made profits off six films yeah. of resident evil and so it's like if you're coming at it like come at it for uh, if you especially for the initial one if you want to get people to to buy in for however many more you want to make make them buy in and and i don't know it doesn't feel like they're putting that yeah. that kind of uh, faith into it. I'm hoping the movie will yeah. the, the work final anyway. thing. Uh, you know, the the CJ budget might not be there, but like I definitely like the people behind this love 
the game, I could tell. Like, right. having Itchy Tasty be, like, even in the trailer, just shows, like, that is, like, a really small, like, detail that's in the first Resident Evil. That's, like, a, that's, like, a cult icon thing of somebody wrote Itchy Tasty before they died because they're becoming a zombie. Um, and that's in the trailer. I'm like, cool, they get it. They get it. Let's hope the camp, let's hope it matches the thing they're trying to make. Right. It's it's very possible it is the same screenwriter for Mortal Kombat. Ooh, that's it's going to get soul-sucked. <laughs> yes! <laughs> just, just hope. Okay. Dragon Ball Super Superhero. Had Little a tease. sneak peek, uh, more or less. It was more than what we got last time. Definitely. Yeah. Um, so now we know the Red Ribbon Army's involved. Hell yeah. Uh, and we know Broly's involved. We know Broly's Because there. eagle-eyed uh, people caught a, sh- a clip of Broly uh, clearly coming down uh, to the ground in front of Goku in Blinking one of those shots. Uh, now that I knew where it was, I looked, and I'm like, oh, yeah, you see him. Mm-hmm, He's there. Mm-hmm. Um so Broly's in this movie, which is excellent news. Um, this is years ahead, yeah. uh, which we already kind of suspected because of Pan. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's happening in the manga now uh, is still filling in that time gap. Uh, I suspect that's going to be the case for a while, and then they'll make anime adaptations of what's going on with the manga mm-hmm. eventually. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, some anime series or there something. Is a, uh, there is a sense that... Um, People have have, no, have uh, speculated that perhaps the reason why they've gone into a more uh, CG animation is because they're the the main animation team is working on the super anime. Some uh, I I know that they were saying like they wanted to just try something new too, and, mm-hmm. and uh, the animation sometimes looks really nice to me. Um, it's it's 3D over the 2D designs that Toriyama makes, um, and sometimes it looks really good. And sometimes it looks like a video game. Mm-hmm. And like yeah. a good video game. Yeah. But it looks like a video game. And I'm like, I don't want to watch a video game cutscenes. I, I I do lament that like it doesn't look the way Broly did. And yeah. Broly was gorgeous. Um, and I'm like, I wish you were just making Broly again. You clearly want to try something new. Okay. Kind of in the I way... I think Broly looked better yeah. at this moment. In the way... They're different st- like animation styles. But like in the same way, what if like the, the animation itself yeah. is good, but when they're standing still... It like it, it looks better in, in motion. Right, you see, yeah. th- like the action sequences obviously look fine, look, look look good. Honestly, the ones yeah. that we see, but there's like bits where we see like the Red Ribbon Army, and it's like, you know, the arm is like moving, and it's like, okay, well, you're clearly on rails. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Right. That's a that's um. I will say that is a a little bit of a bummer, but like I'm sure the quality behind is still gonna be there. Yeah. Uh, I I have faith in Toriyama that you know it's still gonna be a great outing. I'm very curious what this means for like what the manga story is doing, like how how they're doing things with Goku and Vegeta right now, how much they know where Toriyama's going and planning for, it and how much those things are in uh, conversation with each other. So we'll see. But um, this is this is exciting. I I hypothesized to Ryan and Ben that um, this is very much going to be like Piccolo, Gohan, and Pan facing these new characters and Goku is probably training with Broly somewhere else mm-hmm. and we might get more of them involved in the movie at some point but I suspect that's actually going to be a large part of the plot I that we super are putting hope a focus on them it's not they can't <coughs> handle it and Goku has to come save him at the end yeah I hope so I too hope so. we got confirmation that Vegeta and Whis will also be back in this movie um, though we Whis. didn't see them but they will be in it um, I'm curious what they're doing with that one shot where like they've got the sliding thing and it shows Goku then Vegeta then Majin Buu. Mm-hmm. Um I don't know what that's about at all. It's so like a I'm TV super screen intrigued by that. Yeah. And now that we know it's the Red Ribbon Army, there's reason to suspect that these guys are Androids one and two. Yep. Yep. Got a little two on them. Love it. We're back to Which I don't have a problem with, especially if this is like him wanting to flesh out what the red so like cause the whole thing was Dr. Zero was not the Red Ribbon Army. Like, the Red Ribbon Army was his own thing that Dr. Zero worked inside of. And then he took that in its own direction with the androids and all that because he was the main scientist behind it. 
But if we're going back to like the roots of the Red Ribbon Army, like that wasn't taken care the of. The original androids. And they yeah. had these original android designs from Jiro from back when. I bet we see Jiro in a flashback or something in this. That'd be cool. Yeah. I'm um, excited for this. It'd be I think cool if Toriyama finally brought like his backstory that was never like in like it was all his lore building in the background. But like the fact that 16 is Jiro's son and Jiro has a vendetta against Goku because Goku's attack is what led to 16 becoming an android mm-hmm. uh, because he was injured in Goku's Kamehameha attack. So like that's where the vendetta comes from. But like it's never explained in the story yeah. itself. If that came to the forefront of this in some way, like like where that happened, like that'd be great. Yeah. Uh, Look, I'm excited for more Dragon Ball. Just oh hell yeah! Mm-hmm. Um, I, the Red Ribbon Army are fun. That I'm not tired of them honestly yet. They've, nope. they've popped up sporadically throughout Dragon Ball's history. So they're yeah. like they're like well used Hydra. Yeah. I, yeah. 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 yeah that's <laughs> totally it. Uh, so yeah, bring it on. Um, yeah, I I think Pan looks great. Me too. I'm really uh, excited. I'm I'm very intrigued. I I'm all in. So happy Broly's in it. Bro, can't Lee. can't say it enough. Like Bro, Broly Lee. being back is great. Right. Let's get into our main topic then. Oh, do we have time for it? No. All right. It's time now. It is time now to die. To die. Uh, full spoilers for Dana Craig's uh, 25th outing. No, 25th <laughs> film. <laughs> Boy, that would be impressive, right? <laughs> Daniel James Bond's that's 25th. the MCU. James Bond's twenty fifth film, uh, Daniel Craig's fifth film. Yes, um, uh, as, as the character. Uh, full spoilers for No Time to Die, uh, and all the Craig films, and really all the Craig films. Uh, if you haven't, uh, although we've been spoiling them throughout the couple weeks, we've been yeah, watching yeah. Them. But I mean, just in case, yeah. If you jumped here, we're talking about all of them. So if you haven't, because you have to. So if you haven't seen it yet, you're stuck. Uh, you know, sorry. For the for the live watchers, uh, this is our show. Yeah. Literally every See week, later. you should. Yeah. yeah. Um, all doing. right. So, what do we think about No Time to Die? Brandon, you go. Oh, I Ho-ho. loved it. I loved it. All right. Right on. Uh, ben, I had a good time. Brian, I think people, as you would say, Brandon, in the fandom, would really like this movie. Mm-hmm. I think it's fine. Sparks. Uh, I think this is Daniel Craig's best performance in a film that doesn't serve his performance as well as it should. Mm-hmm. Yeah, hundred percent. I also think this is bon- this is Daniel Craig's best perfor- performance. Um, he's clearly having a good time. It's cool that he finally loosened up in his last movie. Well, I think it helps that like this story strips James Bond of a lot of James Bondisms, mm-hmm. and particularly the shitty ones. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. They're not here. Yeah. A lot of his misogyny is gone. Um, that helped. <laughs> Um, there is a sense that I get of, um, I think, working on other films and, and especially like, you know, obviously Spectre, he did not have a good time working on Spectre. He, he said he wanted to cut his wrist before he'd work on another James Bond. Right. Again. So he's, he's been very clear. Um, so so going into No Time to Die, I think he was really committed to, um, you know, having done Knives Out, maybe having, you know, really loosened up a bit in the years Um you know, coming into this film, having trying to make sure that we're we're getting this right, we're having a good time, and I think that shows in his performance a lot. And I, I actually really enjoyed that. I do too. I yeah. think uh, there there's a headline that Megan shared with me. I forget where it was from, um, but that said Daniel Craig outshines No Time to Die as a film, and I'm like, you know, that's true. Yeah. Like like e- even if I enjoy things in this movie, like he is the thing. Like uh, yeah, and and more so than any of them, honestly. Like th- this is this is him at his best. Uh, I I wish I could have had this guy for 
five movies. Yeah. Um, this Same. this yeah. version of Bond because like it it works. It works very very well. Yeah. Um, and he's the thing that when the movie drags, he's the thing keeping me going. And that that landed. That did yeah. land. Mm-hmm. Um, now I did say I loved it. Um, that's because I think the emotional core of the film is solid. And for me, as a James, as a longtime James Bond fan, it does hit those emotional chords for me. Um, however, I do have some issues with it. And one of the biggest ones is I don't like Rami Malek's Staffan. Who does? <laughs> you mean the villain of the whole movie who's not in the whole movie at all? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, uh, that's great. I, I do Lucifer Saffron? Lucifer, Lucifer Satan? Yeah. Lucifer Saffron. Bro, I'm fine with it when it's <laughs> Samuel Hayden as Hayden Satan to be Satan in Doom. This, you're not even trying. This you're not even trying. This reminds me of Villain from Expendables. Yeah, that's a joke on purpose. That, that was supposed to be. That's, yeah. a, that, Wait, that's, that's the point. The thing. <laughs> this reminds me of that joke. Bro, either be Lucifer or be Satan. You can't be both. Are you kidding me? That's just, that's maybe too James Bond. Yeah. That's almost maybe too, that's like. It's, uh, too, it's too the cheesy stuff in a movie that doesn't want to accomplish the cheesy yes. stuff. Uh, uh, Daniel Craig's films have been very clear trying to get away from the Roger Moore Bond, but this is very much like, hey, remember Roger Moore? So. I, I definitely want to beat this horse real hard, uh, but and then we can talk about other aspects of the movie. Um, yeah, he's a nothing presence yes. in the movie. His his whole thing makes no sense. Um, he's in love with Madeline, I guess. Uh, Is he? Pff, that's what I, he says. I, honestly, I his motivations, his whole thing. Like I, I guys, why, I'm at a loss for this. Movie why for did a lot he? Of why did he come after them? now like where what what is he it's like it's like the story didn't think about anything beyond like he did this somehow not aging he did this when she was young and then he did nothing so brandon until now my biggest problem with the movie um this movie is almost three hours long it's still not long enough to service anything in the movie for me yeah like i the villain like he gets set up the beginning like cool i know what this guy's about he doesn't show up for an hour right like there's the middle of this movie dude I, I cannot tell you what happened in the middle of this movie. I, 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 I remember the cool... I love the first 30 minutes of this movie, and then it drags so hard. I, it, it, the, the best character in the movie is in it for five minutes and then leaves, and then I just I completely just... I don't care anymore. I understand, the, I understand that criticism. I yeah. will never even push back on yeah. it. Um, I uh, have a hard time... I had a really hard time in the beginning of this movie. About Oh, yeah? Yeah. Oh, uh, I love the beginning. So the, so the, so the, the, the sniper barrel sequence happens. Bond shoots the screen. No blood, whatever. Um... And then it goes into Madeline's origin story. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I was bored out of my wits. Oh wow! Um, I did That's not crazy. care for anything that was happening on that on on the screen. I kind of liked that part until though. we got to Rome. When we got to when we caught up to I guess just after Spectre, yeah, uh, and five years before the rest of the movie, uh-huh. uh, that's not expl- that's not explained at all. Um, that's when I got into the movie, and I I just didn't care about any of the stuff in the beginning. That's so interesting because um, I, I was like the first thirty minutes, I'm like, oh yeah, I'm feeling it, and then like the the theme song kicks in, I'm like, hell yeah, and then we meet Anna Armas, and then she's like, okay, bye, and then. The plot happens, and I honestly, I, I just watched this, you guys. I can't tell you what the plot of this movie is. He has nanobots or some shit. I don't know. Like it's a, it's a, it's a um, I, it, it is a, a, it's a DNA virus. It's a biologically, yeah. it's a biological weapon. Yes. Uh, that can that can be programmed with. It can only target people with certain DNA. Yeah, that's 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 sweet. That's a, that is literally a plot from Metal Gear Solid. I love it. I think the idea is cool. The execution. It's the I plot am of flabbergasted. It's the plot of Winter Soldier, except that it's not missiles. Yeah. Oh yeah, and, and there is there is a sense that I do enjoy like someone's coming after Spectre. Um, oh, I like that too. Yeah, I, I I like that. You know, Spectre has been kind of the boogeyman of the Craig films uh, retroactively. I uh uh here I I want to do it this way. So. Okay. 
Um, one of the things I love about the film is that like when I went into this, I was going to be really bummed if Spectre had just been dropped because my problem with that would be that Spectre was not just Blofeld. The film might push back on that, but <laughs> Spectre was not just Blofeld. Like there were Quantum, so many too. nations yeah. incorporated that. Well, Quantum was just part of Spectre. No, I, yeah, yeah. But like, big, but yeah. like when you see the Spectre room in Spectre, it's full of people, and I'm like, yo, I get like Blofeld's at the head of it, but like if he gets captured or died, this organization keeps going. Like there are too many countries doing yeah, too yeah, much yeah, yeah. stuff with plans. Like they run their shit still. So that it would still be a problem. That's not something that you just hand wave away. And so. I'm glad that Spectre was still present. Like, it was still a problem that all these guys were around. But it got it, handled in, like... It bothers me that Blofeld was still the person running it, even from prison. Like, he always was the head of it, mm-hmm. no matter what happened. And it and it does bother me. Like, I do like the idea of someone coming after them. I do, too. It, do, it, it does bother me that, like, that ends up being Saffron, and Saffron becomes utterly... So- uninteresting yeah. as a as an engaged character. And the, the one thing I want to piggyback into yeah. real quick is that this should have just been Blofeld 2.0. Yes. Like, Blofeld fell flat in Spectre. It didn't work. Uh, and the fact that you had the opportunity on a ta- on the table where you are wanting to emotionally explore, especially more than ever, Daniel Craig's James Bond, because you are going to kill him at the end of this movie. The fact that you're going to do that and you don't play on let's maybe fix and tell better the story of his adopted brother um, and how they played at odds against each other. Like I think Rami Malek's character still could have been here. He would have been, he wouldn't have bothered yeah. me as much if he were the tool under Blofeld and yes. Blofeld still should have been the main guy. And that, that should have been fleshed out and that should, and it wouldn't have bothered me that Blofeld was the, an element we were bringing back from Spectre and following up on like, like a part two of that because that one sucked. You could do it better now. And yeah. we just didn't, and that's lame. So the thing I, 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 the thing that truly baffles me about this movie, and I'm honestly now that I, I'm kind of glad that I just watched the Caravan of Garbage uh, uh, videos yeah. instead of spending like 12 hours watching half of them being bad movies. Uh, like this is the culmination of his entire saga, right? So they get rid of Spectre, and now we just focus on a guy we've never met before. Spectre should have been involved in the entire time, and it should have been everyone at odds. It should have been the scale is very big with missiles and stuff, but. The emotional scale is not here for being the end of this franchise. You built up Spectre for three, four movies, and then you just don't do anything with them. It is a hand wave to me. It is a hand wave because they kill them instead of actually doing anything fun with them. It, you're 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 right, and it, there is not a there is no good reason why Spectre isn't a bigger presence in this film. Um, there, I got it. Like, look, I get it. Casino Royale and Quantum of Solace, he didn't have the rights to Spectre. I get it. Yeah, but you you got the rights to Spectre before the before the Spectre movie came out. Now you got the rights. The, you know why what this is to me? This is Snoke. This is the bad version of Snoke, where you do kill your villain, but it's not for a cool reason. It's not for a good reason. It's not to progress the. It's, the yeah. Uh, villain into Looks a like the, it's Lucifer Satan could have been a cool villain that that like oh Spectre ruined my life so I'm gonna kill them and blah blah like they could have weave that all the way through to make it actually impactful. I could not. This is like like one of the worst Bond villains to me. Like I I I just don't care, man. It's so hard for me to care. Yeah, he's not. He's kind of. He's really nothing. He, he's 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 not as as over the top as a classic Bond villain, mm-hmm. uh, and he's not as as charming as a modern Bond villain. How how old is Rami Malek? Was he like eleven when he shot Madeline? Yeah, temple. This is the super confusing thing because I thought once we once it was established that like, oh, this was her as a girl little girl at the beginning of the movie, I'm like, are we gonna find out like he has some kind of drug? Because Remy Malik looks like a young dude. He also gets <laughs> shot like six times and gets up. So I'm like and falls down and gets up and I'm like, Okay, like are we gonna 
Are we going to acknowledge that there's, like, something in his system that's keeping him going or something? And, like, you see a a picture of him as a young boy that's supposed to be implied not that long before he goes and kills her moms. Like, I'm like, that's not, that's Remy. Like, you Is saw he, the shot he's in the trailer where he's, 40s or he's, 50s. In the, in the trailer, there's a shot in that scene where he takes his mask off and he's just him. And I'm like, he's, he's so young. Like, it, yeah. it doesn't, it just doesn't Benjamin make Button sense. syndrome. Uh, yeah. So I am being quite negative. I think the action in the movie is awesome. All the action's great. Again, like, I think like the opening stuff uh, in Rome with like the motorcycle and him like uh, using like the rope to yeah, slam. All that good. stuff is great. I love all the action. But again, like I have to care about all the characters involved, and I care about James Bond a lot. This is the best Daniel Craig performance for me. But like all the side characters for me, I don't think they're utilized well. I the villain's kind of lame. Like Madeline is just like a character to be used. Like I, I want to talk about. I want because you brought up Madeline, and if we're okay moving off of Saffin, I want to yeah. talk about Madeline. Yeah. Madeline has a. I have an issue with Madeline Spector. I don't buy that he that that Bond would fall in love with her so madly and then retire. Mm-hmm. I, I don't buy that love story, Inspector. I don't think it's well handled. Yeah. What you mean? He wouldn't do what he did in Casino Royale well, again. I, I bought it in Casino <laughs> Royale because I bought him in in Vesper. I I struggled with even that one. It's yeah. also been fifteen watching years. It, <laughs> watching it again, like I struggled with even that one, and like the fact that he would just repeat those steps, mm-hmm. given how Vesper was, like that does bother me. I'm sure. like, that doesn't work. I don't. But no matter what, the point the point that I'm trying to make is that Inspector, I don't buy them. Mm-hmm. I don't buy them as a love no, story. No, I know I don't either. Uh, and in this one, I thought it was because, uh, and I thought it was because, like, I don't, I, I just think it's poorly written. Um, it's just you know, Inspector is not a, not a very good movie. Um, and then this, I still don't buy it. I still no, don't they buy don't, that. They don't have chemistry. No, they have no chemistry. And again, like it's not, it, uh, regardless of the age gap thing, that doesn't really matter. Uh, I. Sh- sh- it's not an age gap problem. It's it's she, she's she's not given enough to do, like she's just there to be like the plot point or the the, the foil. Like I just man, they don't have chemistry. Yeah, like no uh, like uh, inspector and here they don't have chemistry. And she's like, so good. Like, like they're both other, good. Other than when like it's forced in a sense telling you, "Hey, they're really into each other by making them make out or be sexually interactive with each other." There isn't heat between them. Yeah. Mm-hmm. There's not tension. There's not really a presence of love. I don't buy it. I buy it in a you are telling me it's there sense, but like it's not present. And Daniel Craig's trying, mm-hmm. but like yeah. it's not there. Like it's just not there. These actors were miscast for that. Uh, yeah. purpose it doesn't help that i think the five-year thing where he puts her on a train and like you know clearly from the scene that like she definitely didn't do it and like blofeld did it and he's setting it up so that bond will ostracize her and he spends five years being alone and then it's like actually psych uh i'm so sorry because i i regret that and i love you and oh that's my daughter dang and then they kill him and i'm like this is such a shitty way <laughs> to treat this character after everything he's gone he's through. He's got a Superman baby. It's like, you you gave him this shitty reason to not a bit... Like, he could have just been with her for five years and then shit came up. I don't know why we had to do it this way. The past way. finally like, catches just, up to you, yeah. That's just... And then I would have bought at least, like, in a more textual sense, like, yeah, he's in love. They've been together five years. Like, I... I it's funny that the, sc- it the screenplay has, like, five people on it. it, it I can't see or, it at or, all. Or when when uh, when she when it was revealed that he has a daughter, uh, the audience knows because all, she's just, it's not yours. And the audience is like, 
Everybody yeah, knows. Blue Everybody eye, knows. Dark-haired. He knows. Everybody knows. And it's even telegraphed when she's on the train. She like clutches her stomach. And is like, oh, she pregnant? Because she's like, hey, I, there's something to tell you. He's like, oh, oh this is what I she knew reveals. immediately. I nobody just does that. I got yeah, the yeah. second she like she's on the train. She's clutching her stomach. Is like, oh yeah, visual. Language. And then when she's like, oh, it's not yours. I'm like, bullshit. I, uh, she I, looked at that scene. You looked at that little girl, and and I don't understand why that line's even there. I I also I would be remiss not to bring up. I think a very valid point from Megan. There is no world where Bond doesn't have a vasectomy. Oh, one hundred percent, banging hundreds of ladies. He's got kids everywhere around the world. Absolutely, hundred percent. Yes, so, that's a good point. That is so true. Oh. Um, maybe not this Bond because he's always kind of been looking towards the future. Yeah, yeah, yeah. but uh, the past. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Megan, Megan just texted me and she's like, "You can't tell me that he just doesn't have a vasectomy. Bond babies everywhere. hundred percent. Like." Definitely, this dude has a second. There's a scene where he's like seducing a woman who's about to die, Inspector, into a mirror, uh, and like I, he definitely don't have a condom on him. Like, no. come on, man. Uh, that's that's, part, of, that's like, part of Q's watch. This it's, time. it's uh, oh my god. Um, like it. That's silly. Um, but but more silly to me than that is just like it. It it felt like such a stupid. It bothers me that this character is introduced in Casino Royale as like he's exceptionally good at reading people, and then like half of the movies after that, all the movies after that, all the movies after that rely entirely on one point or another him being exceptionally terrible at reading people, <laughs> like just awful, just the worst at reading people. Mm-hmm. Um, what what a misstep <laughs> with that character. My God. Um, yeah, I think that that five year separation thing was just so unnecessary and we put him through the ringer for like emotional burden of no good re- and again like Daniel Craig's great in this movie like but but all the bullshit that we have to do around it to put him through crap and make him sad yeah. is just so meaningless so one of the actors from Game Night is in this yes uh, the blonde dude who yep. works with Felix yep. oh yeah 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 Logan. oh that asshole yeah oh, uh, I was glad he Anderson Alexi Andrew uh, Ash. Ash Logan Ash Logan Ash Logan Ash See I was I was I so he had to be a bad guy otherwise I was like this character sucks <laughs> Like like and I know he's supposed to be that type of guy but I'm like if they just put him in this movie just to be like like the like the white lame guy I'm like this just this not a good fun character for this movie thank god he was a bad guy No I thought he was utilized well Yeah 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 uh, I think that he uh I honestly I like Felix's death Yeah I think Felix has a really emotional death um, there's a m- there's a point where where you think that like y- you as the audience know that Felix isn't coming out of this w- out of this movie once he's shot yeah mm-hmm. um, but Bond refuses to accept that and it kind of goes back to like the classic Bond films that he refuses to accept that the people he loved can die mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, and and he and he's just well there's like, no time for that yeah, no time for that and and he's joking he's about to joke with Felix just as the explosion happens uh-huh. and at that point like the audience is just kind of strung along as Bond just will not let Felix die he's like you can't because Felix is Bond's only friend, right? Uh, and gets him. It's a it's a shame that Jeffrey Wright wasn't utilized better in these movies. Yeah, and, and a whole prior to this point, in a whole, I will agree with that. Um, I like him as Felix, but it's not enough. Uh, uh, I wish he had br- been brought back prior to this movie. Mm-hmm. Um, he's only in the first two, right? Um, That's crazy. He's referenced in. Spectre, I, I believe. Yeah, yeah, I think they're like I'm, I've called up my friend Felix, and yeah, no, yeah. yeah, yeah, it's that same lady he seduced into the mirror. He's like, I gave you the number for Felix Leiter. He'll protect you. Hey yeah. guys, Lashana Lynch is in this movie. Uh, Definitely the next James Bond. Hell yeah, uh, Jeffrey Jeffrey Wright. Anyway, is <laughs> a oh, good death scene, and I yeah, really yeah. liked it. Yeah, do we want to talk about Lashana Lynch? Then? No, Absol- I, don't, I was kidding. Uh, no, I absolutely do. Um, uh, boy, howdy, what a bummer. <laughs> um, like that just underutilized. 
in the worst ways. Uh, I uh, I never thought that she would. Here's the thing. Eon is open to spinoffs. I totally get that. I'm into the idea of her, of, of a Lashana Lynch spinoff of, of these Craig films, especially if you want to continue this continuity. It's really the only way that you could continue this continuity. Um, he did. He because Bond is dead. Um, he got Black Widowed, and that's totally. I'm into that. Oh, what a poor outing for this woman. And like the 007, I don't understand why giving her 007 matters to anyone in the movie because it doesn't matter to anyone in the movie. Bond doesn't give a shit that he that she is 007. No, it it, fe- it felt like a it, an insult to no one's injury thing. Yeah. Um like I I didn't I didn't like it either. And so when it does the thing of like I'd like to reinstate him as 007, like he should have just been like no. no. That's yeah. stupid. That was why would you do that? That was such a bad Bond choice. doesn't give a shit. Right. He uh, clearly has n- he has n- in the movie he has never shown one shit. Uh, that she is 007. That would have been such a good moment, too, to be like, girl, I've seen you work. You are 007. Nope. I'm, I'm, it's me again. Well, and again, like, it, it, the thing is, like, Anna Darmus's, uh appearance is incredible. It's an exceptional Dude, part of the it's film. It's five minutes That's of a great pure scene. joy. Pure uh, everything, joy. Everything about them working together is excellent. Um, this three is weeks, three three weeks, weeks on the Cuba, job. right? Yes. Yeah. That's my favorite scene in the movie. Three weeks it's on the everybody's job. favorite scene in the movie. Um, it's excellent. And it's a shame that Lashana Lynch has no opportunity in this film to have a standout moment like that. Yes. And that bothers me. She's so in the market. Anna DeArmas and, and her are both so in the marketing. And they're both like... I, I was surprised that we only saw her the one scene. Bro, she's seriously in the movie I'm, for like two minutes. It's she insane. She kicked ass. I love that scene. The whole th- the whole Cuba sequence I thought was awesome. Dude, I was so like ready you have for a her, young yeah. uh, uh, like a trainee, and I'm like I'm, sick, I'm kind of you have like the trainee and the one who's been doing this for a huge chunk of his life. So it's like okay, you get that dynamic, but then it's like she knows what she's doing and she kicks ass. At this. I and love how they, she's like nervous and a little scared, mm-hmm. and how she just keeps downing her martinis. <laughs> and then Bond's like, damn, okay. But then seeing her in action is like, this is awesome. Yeah, she, I live for this shit. Them working together on, on Knives Out, uh, like they, they have such good chemistry together. And like, That's where she's... Yeah, yeah it's, she's truly, like, ah. it's truly a shame that she's not I, in the movie anymore. I, I did not uh, recognize her at all. I, I don't know, if I, I, don't know if, I, if I agree that I wanted her in the movie more. I do really love the scene, though. Um, I love Anna de Armas in this movie. Um, there's a line that Daniel Craig has when he's, about to shoot, when he's about to run down the hallway, which apparently is his last scene that he shot for this movie. Um, he, he says to her, uh, you were great, by the way. And she's like, oh, thank you. So are you. And like, that's the kind of like the, the, meta, the meta thing as they run down the hallway. I was like, oh, that's cute. I like that. Uh, I loved her in this movie. Yeah. 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 I also uh, one of the funny bits is because I, there are some really j- there are some good jokes in this movie that really land, especially like when the shooting's done and he goes up behind the bar and he just makes him a drink before they go chase after the doctor one more time. And he goes, "So they just take one more mm-hmm. shot," and then he grabs a gun. I was like, "That's just so James Bond, just Craig constantly like I need a drink." So Daniel Craig has always nailed the Bond humor. Yeah, but it was better in this one than it, that's it is true. In this is by far the most like I don't mean as negatively most personality Bond has had in any of these movies. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, Craig has always been the Bond to try to push, uh, try to try to push James Bond into a into a more human place. He you constantly see him struggling uh, to bring him uh, where the the producers clearly don't want him to be. Um, and I, I I have always kind of uh, commended him for that, trying to keep making, trying to make it so like this is a Bond who thinks of his life outside of MI6. This is a Bond who wants to leave MI6 eventually, settle down. Mm-hmm. Um, that has never been part of the canon before. Um, and I think in that way, Craig is is is. Such an interesting bond to look at, and honestly, one of the best in the role. Yeah, mm-hmm. uh, I, I, man, I just, I liked him so much in this movie, and I just wish this performance, dude, if this performance were in Skyfall, Skyfall, Skyfall would be the best movie ever made, mm-hmm. <laughs> like for real. 
Like, mm-hmm. uh, like uh, it's Daniel Craig. Like he owns this movie, and I just, I just think everything surrounding it is not up to par. Like ev- honestly, everything like, and this movie is very—it's uh, getting I reviewed very positively online. I am definitely more on the negative side. Yeah, uh, I think I think there are elements obviously that are are meeting him. They're just not enough in the yeah. film. Like I think Anna Darmus is one. Obviously, I think I think Ray Fiennes as M. This is one of his best outings. Yeah, as I an agree. M. Him being um, like like seedy and stuff. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah, and like the way he interacts with Bond and the way he calculates with Bond. I think. This is his having watched them. Like yeah. this is his best M, uh, and I thought that all balanced very, very well. Yeah, I liked uh, I liked uh, Mallory. It was mm-hmm. his character's name, Mallory. Right. He he's a good M in- inspector. Um, honestly, uh, to be fair, one of my highlights, Spectre, is Ray Fine's performance as M. Uh, I would agree, but that's a low bar to clear. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, I think he. I think I like the the line Inspector, especially when he's just like. Um, you know, a license to kill is also a license not to kill. Uh, mm-hmm. Yes, that's a great line. Um, and I, I like that that kind of especially like in the context of this is my argument why there shouldn't be drones. Right. Uh, because it's having a human on the ground. Like the context of the scene is him standing there and saying, like, you know, uh, the reason why it's important to have a person who knows who's there to do the, to take the shot after they've had all the and assessed all the information is because the license to kill is also the license not to kill. Yeah. Sometimes it's just as important not to pull the trigger. The human touch. Yeah, yeah. and I, I think that he's I think that he's been really good as him and, and this one is definitely his best where i think he kind of wrestled with this idea that he he now he didn't think it was a mistake at first but now he has made a mistake that has put his country in danger yeah. right. uh, d- uh deliberately um and he doesn't quite know wh- what to do and he's so stubborn to because he doesn't want james's help because in his view james has abandoned mi6 uh-huh. yeah um and he doesn't and, and then the kind of like come to come to god moment that he has right which i, I actually wanted to highlight now that we're talking about Ray Fiennes there's a moment where he is sitting on a bench looking at Judy Dench's portrait uh-huh. mm-hmm. there's no dialogue but from from M in that in that in that right. sequence not until Tanner comes in not until Tanner comes in and I think that's unsung really hero Tanner in un- all of these is movies. that the bald guy yeah, yeah. man he's in all of these movies. he is and I never remember he's <laughs> always at M's side yeah. every single yeah, film he's not in Casino Royale yeah there's that's the, true there's the guy with like we see him for like a bit in Casino mm-hmm. Royale and then he and then he Bounces and we meet Tanner. Bounce. Um, yeah, and and there's there's no dialogue and Ray Fiennes is just looking at Judy Dench's uh, portrait, um, and you can you can tell what's happening. He's like, how did you deal with this? Uh huh. How did you go through all of this? And the answer that Judy Dench would give him, I had Bond. And that's kind of where he goes to, go, goes to be, meet Bond and be like, okay, you're right. We should, we need to work together. We need to stop this. Nanobots. I, I think that's a really powerful sequence just him kind of because he's like slunched over and he's like stressed and he's like holding onto the bench um and 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 not proper um also in that that is a cameo from the first m there's a, there's a portion of the first m sure. that mm-hmm. was cute um they put her somewhere in all of them yeah um they so also have the reference to her little porcelain bulldog when he goes to get they his do, car yeah mm-hmm. um the 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 uh, Sean Connery M also has a there's a poster there's, I think there's portraits of all the M's yeah throughout mm-hmm. a history which I think is cool but yeah I really like that sequence specifically. I think Ray Fiennes does a really good job, especially when he's talking to Bond. He's like, "Shut up, Bond! I, I know what I'm doing." <laughs> I yeah. I honestly think like overall, like Anadarmus isn't in it enough uh, for me to say this, but I think Ray Fiennes is giving the second strongest performance in this film. Yeah. Um. And I and I really like it. I genuinely really like it. Yeah. Um, How about Money Penny and Cuter really, Main? Really glad they're here. I'm um, glad they showed up. Yeah. Uh, I'm always happy to see Q. Yeah, Ben Wishaw's got a great Q. Um, Naomi Harris has like the most she gets to do with Money Penny in this since Skyfall, so yeah. that's nice. 
Um, I wanted her. I wanted her to do more though. I did too, especially after Skyfall. Like, like I she's she's got it. She's got it. The, the, Don't the, just put her behind a desk. The issue with uh, with making Naomi Harris, uh, and I, I understand what they were going with with, with Money Penny. There's a book uh, I think Greg Rucka did called Velvet. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That's basically like the 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 Money Penny uh, would have been a spy beforehand because who would you who would you trust to protect M? Yeah, you trust. Uh, a spy, right? A spy. So, mo- the, so the Money Penny role is meant to be a spy. And so that's where they kind of came up with Skyfall uh, for Money Penny. But then after that, you just kind of have her sitting at a desk for two movies. Don't make her cool if you're not going to do anything with her. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, and I think that's kind of I. I liked her in Skyfall, and I wish that I always wish that Naomi Harris. She got just more doesn't to do have. Her. She just doesn't have as many good bits as um. God, I can't remember her name, but the actress you'll know it. The actress who played uh Betty Brant in Sam Raimi's Spider Man's. She just sits at a desk. Oh, Elizabeth for Banks. Him. Yes, thank yeah. you. Yes. Elizabeth Banks just sits at a desk, but she's she's rec- she's got her strong points yes. of that scene, and like she's just there at the desk. Like M- Naomi Harris was never given enough of those opportunities yes. that yeah. that Elizabeth Banks was with a very similar amount of a role. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, but Q, I always I always love seeing Q. Oh um, yeah, Ben Whishaw is fantastic. Ben Whishaw is is uh, he's a great Q. I was saying to Megan like if if they do move forward and there's another Bond like the same way. Uh, that is the character I want to carry over. Yeah. It's not. It's not necessarily Ray Fi's M. I want Q to stick. Uh, ben Wishaw should continue to be Q. Yeah, he's getting ready for a date and Bond and Money Penny. He also it. has one of my more favorite parts, Inspector, mm-hmm. uh, which is when he comes to actually like round up Bond and then he gets caught up in a chase. Yeah. Uh, so like, good for him. Yeah, I, I, he's getting ready for a date when Bond shows up and is like, well, "You need to hack this thing for me." Uh-huh. Hack the planet. Because Q has become the modern Q is a is a tech guy, uh, whereas he used to just be a gadget guy. Um, Ooh, I love that magnet sequence. I'm sorry, it just popped in my head the magnet sequence at the beginning. Oh, where they yeah. jumped out yeah. with the That's doctor. That's really cool. Really great. Mission impo- that is some Mission I Impossible shit. I thought, that, I thought they dropped the bomb. I thought they were like, oh, they're going to like destroy the building. But I was like, no, it's just magnets so they th- can here's jump the without a thing. The trailer uh, uh, does a misguide because it shows that, and then the next shot it shows something exploding. So that's this good trailer. Yeah, I thought that was like, oh, they're like going to blow the that's whole a, building. But it, no, it's just the floor. That's a really – so th- so uh, Saffin's peop- – no, Spectre, Spectre goes to That was Spectre. Cyclops uh, was still with Spectre at the time, and he twi- switches. Oh right, Cyclops. He switches later because Logan comes to him after Spectre has been murdered. Mm-hmm. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I forgot about Cyclops. Yeah. Man. Okay. Yeah, you're right. It's very confusing, yes. but that is what happens. Um, because that's how they get eyes on Logan. But oh, you're totally, yeah. you're totally right that's that right. it is an, it, it is a Mission Impossible type type situation. One hundred percent. Um, I, awesome. And it worked. Yeah, love it. I showed uh, it was like Bond. What happened? I showed uh, your watch Q. Blew his mind. Oh uh, my god! Talk about the puns. This is the punniest James Bond's been. I love, <laughs> I love James Bond puns. I'm a huge like. Look, I will say it a lot. In it's this like episode. Jungle Cruise. I, I, I'm, I'm a big Bond person. So like, um, when he's when he's got the watch doing the AMP that blows up, his, like blows up his, his eye thing. He's like, I showed him your and watch, cute. It blew his mind. And it's not the first time Daniel Craig's done puns, but I do think it's one of the first times where it's felt comfortable. It lands well, yeah. 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 I think he's struggled with it in the past for one reason or another. Um, yeah. This he felt comfortable in his own skin as Bond mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. time. Hundred um, percent. The film is very well shot. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Uh, yeah. Lots of really, really gorgeous shots throughout the movie, even at the dullest moments. Some really incredible shots. It's very so expensive. you know the shot that in the trailer where it's him doing like the circle thing that puts in like that the big corridor at the end of the movie. 
Oh yeah, yeah. Uh-huh. At first, I thought I was like, man, that's a lame. The way. tunnel. Yeah, the tunnel. At first, I thought I was like, I don't know if that I'm gonna like that, but I actually really liked it because I saw it as a bit of an homage to the it opening is. sequence. It is. Because when I first saw it in the trailer, I'm like, oh, okay, we, I know thing because that's what's the beginning of every Bond movie. I mean, we get that, and then later on, he does the thing. It's like yeah, I see it as an homage now. And I'm really glad that I kind of flipped on that because at first I thought I was like, oh, I don't know if I'm because it's his yeah. last. It's his last moment that he, and does, this, that he shoots yeah. anybody this, that isn't uh, Saffron. Despite this being, you know, like the, the Craig era, like this kind of is like, for better or worse, a checklist of everything James Bond's about. Like right. it's got evil layers, it's got gadgets, it's got the puns if you want, it's got the good action, it's I got mean, the Bond I, I don't like the villain all that much, but I kind of do dig his evil air. No, like, it's his, super dope! His Hella garden dope. of poison. Love and it. It's maybe, like, maybe yo. a few too many trips through tunnels. Yeah, a lot of trips through tunnels. There were a lot of tunnels. But <laughs> like the, the poison garden, I'm like, I loved it. I kind of yeah. dig it because you don't really, because you don't think about, when you think of plants, you don't really think about how many plants are actually deadly to people. Uh-huh. I don't need this laboratory to wipe your whole oh, face the off Russian the planet. Guy. Oh, <laughs> guys, the Russian guy. Time to die. He was so good. So silly. Good, yeah. good <laughs> Russian doctor. And then when she looks at him, he's like, do you know what time it is? What time did I kick? Yeah. I love it. I, like, oh, yeah. I kind of dug that part. I really like that part. Um, yeah, this is this is definitely um, this is definitely kind of running through a checklist of, of, of James Bond kind of motifs and and, and tropes. Incredible and sequence in the fog. Yes. Yeah. Oh, in, in the in the forest. Yeah. Now right. killing Ash is so satisfying. Very. I had a brother, and you're like, is he gonna talk about Blofeld? His name was Felix Lyon. Yeah, yeah, he was. <laughs> that was great. He's like, yeah. I'm gonna just make this car squishy. So great kill. All right, take so, that, Prince from Aladdin. Mm-hmm. So I'm I'm kind of <laughs> oh shit he was yeah, yes. I forgot about that <laughs> uh, I don't know if we're like winding down but I as you guys have noticed I haven't had a whole lot to say about this movie because I feel like with James Bond especially the Craig films I am the Casey Casual of this panel when it comes to these movies bro what do you t- I I am too <laughs> I, I don't care about James Bond because yeah, I mean I like yeah. James Bond but I have not gone back to watch I've never seen Qualmasals I only seen Casino Royale Skyfall Inspector you're fine you can you can actually remove one and you'd be even better which I did I removed Qualmasals I'm but. Um, when you guys are talking about, like, at first I thought, oh, maybe I am gonna enjoy Rami Malek as as Saffron, and then it's, and as the movie came on, I was like, he shows up forty minutes into the movie. See, I, think, I think it would be even harder to give any amount of a shit about what's happening in this movie without Spectre, unfortunately, yeah. like to the yeah. movie's detriment. No, yeah, and but again, yeah. like I did watch a video, so like I know all the no for sure stuff, for sure. Like, but like if you hadn't done that, this movie doesn't do you favors. No, that's what I mean. Like if you did do the homework, I think it's a detriment. Because, like, it doesn't pay off the stuff yeah. if you've just watched it, to, in my opinion. I mean, I still think, I mean, oh, no, I think this is a fun movie. Yeah. Because those action scenes are so damn good. Yeah. They are so, like, the, the scene in uh, scene in Italy is so fun to watch. You're, it's on the edge of your seat. I love the, that car. Um, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, the car, like, when he's, like, okay, he, has, he, he always has a cool Aston Martin that has machine guns in the headlights. It just goes right, right, Spectre it's is such a tease, by the way. Spectre th- is such a tease with the Aston Martin gadgets, and is like, oh, not not loaded, not today. Yeah. Hate it. But just all the like the scene in the fog, the the scene in Cuba, like all the action set pieces, even the final one is just so they're so satisfying. And uh, like you get like some of the emotional stuff here and there, like the emotional stuff I couldn't care less because when I go see a Bond movie, I want to see stuff blow up, and I got that. Well, this is the first time, really, that Bond has gone for. First time in a long time, I should say that Bond has gone for like a a, a big emotional impact. Uh, generally, Bond doesn't. Mm-hmm. Uh, they are trying to be a little bit more fun. Oh yeah. Well, no, are you talking? Are you talking this movie or Craig's era in general? I'm talking about just Bond in general, because Cra- Craig was. No, dis- I mean like saying going for emotion. This movie or Craig's era? Oh, uh, this movie. Okay. Definitely goes for a, a bigger emotional moment than Craig has done so far. 
yes, bigger, but I would argue that they were going for emotion the whole time. Yeah. I don't think they I always mean, Casino Rail ends with his girlfriend dying. That's like, I, 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 that's, yes, what he just said. I think Quantum of Solace is going for the emotion of the revenge of that. Uh, Skyfall is going for the emotion of with M. Mm. Uh, Spectre is going work. for the that emotion of his brother and his relationship with Madeline. And neither of those land, but they are going for it. Mm-hmm. Um, that is the thing. Like, yes, this is the biggest version of that, but the, that is what they're going for throughout the whole era. And I don't... Th- this was me trying to dovetail us into... I guess it's hard to say... I don't know if this would have been all better if they hadn't done uh, the we are going to be serialized storytelling. We are going to carry an emotional arc for Bond through five films. Yeah. Yeah. We're now at the end of it, and I really don't know. I'm like, I don't know. Would would we have been better off if they tried to just isolate each one? Skyfall doesn't reference the other films, and it is my favorite. Yeah, I personally, again, like I'm, I'm like the least fan here, but like for me, if this was the final movie, I don't feel like it'd be worth it. Uh, there is the there is the sense that. You're you're absolutely you're absolutely right because like looking back on it and the 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 serialization of the Craig Bond films always happened after, so mm-hmm. it was like you know it was like we did Casino Royale okay we'll do Quantum of Solace and that was the serialization of that, that. was the first like sequel sequel and yeah. then Skyfall happened and the world we're not referencing it and then Spectre happened that we're ser- we're actually they reference it but they re- mm-hmm. reference it passively right um, and then No Time to Die I feel like I f- I honestly feel like because you did that I, and maybe even locked in as early as Quantum of Solace this death. His death was always the inevitable end. Mm-hmm. I don't think there was a moment. I don't think there was a, a way that they could have gotten back to the point. Maybe after Skyfall uh, would have been like the last time that you're like you're you're the last. This is our last chance before we get into serialization mm-hmm. era. Um, you know, I don't think there was a way we could have gone back to the original Bond formula of every film being standalone. I'm not sure. I, I don't know. I I like again. I because like it's gonna be a reboot. The next James Bond, and regardless. I if to me it 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 could have I would have liked to have James Bond actually have a final ending like the Paul Walker ending right where he sails away so and like I, and I'm like he does that. truly retire so and then that, he gets the reboot that's part of my thing is like looking back at it and as as all of these Craig films and it's always it's a it is so sad as it is now honestly like it is just such a sad man's story because this <laughs> is a guy who pretty much from the beginning was like. I'm just looking for the excuse to get out. I want to be happy and in love, and I want to leave. Yeah. I don't want to do it anymore. I want to find what's still good in this world and good in me and leave it. That's the establishment from Casino Royale. Is he's just looking for that. He didn't get it. He got revenge over that. He was upset. Skyfall, like, I guess all I have is this job. And, like, M, who I give a shit about. Oh, she's dead? Well, <laughs> here womp. I am. Womp, womp. Um, finally gets Madeline. Finally gets a reason to leave gets jerked around, finds out that he could have had a happy life with her and his daughter if he hadn't got screwed over by his adopted brother, and then has to die because he's poisoned to never see them again, so he's just got to let it go. That's 15 years of sadness, my man. That is so lame, and I agree with you completely. I'm like, this kind of isn't, in my opinion, the ending that Craig's Bond deserved. Mm -hmm. Uh, And it's unfortunate that they decided to spin him off in that direction rather than allowing him to finally have like the thing he was wanting the whole time. Also, again, like, deciding to kill him instead of leaving him alive. We know at the end James Bond will return. We know it's going to be a new guy. Why don't you give your character a happy ending? Like, wh- like why, does, why does he have to, why does it have to it, end this it, way? I don't get it. It is incredibly strange that for the first time ever, and I cannot stress that enough, ever, you're giving James Bond an ending. Yeah. You're ending the story of James Bond. Yeah. Right. 
uh, and you decided that for the first time ever, for your first ever ending, that's going to be sad. Bro, th- if this movie ended the way Dark Knight Rises did, where James and Madeline are in France, and then like M is like getting teen, he's like, hey, uh, good job, living your life. Beautiful. I would have loved that. The Dark Knight Rises s- ending? S- what did I say? Yeah. No, I was just checking. Like oh, that, yeah, no, the dark, I said Dark Knight Rises yeah, ending. Sure. Yeah, yeah, and I'm like, that would have been beautiful because, again, yeah. we know how movies work. It's, everything gets rebooted. You don't have to actually kill him. Again, now that we're yeah. here, 15 years of sadness. This man's barely had any happiness. So, and they're oh. never going to they're never gonna end the James Bond franchise. Because and they won't give it to Lashana Lynch. Because it is, you know, I, I, oh, here's the thing. I could actually see them doing that because they almost went forward with a Jinx spinoff. At sure, the James Bond will return. Um, that, that, is, that, is the other, that is the other thing. Like, I could probably see them having their cake and eat it, too. They didn't say 007 will return. Nope. Oh, uh, what was I gonna say though? Um, I was gonna say, ah, I forgot. It's that the happy ending thing we were talking about, like sitting there. I'm trying to get you back to it. That's uh, fine. That with M sipping tea, like why would why would it have to end in this way? Yeah, I, I just don't understand. Like, you d- you wanted to go with like the sad one uh, instead of the instead of the happy one. I just I think it's weird. supposed to feel heroic. But it is. But again, and like is, this is to the, an extent. Like when you look back on all the movies. Oh, I remember. I <laughs> remember. Uh, the James Bond franchise will never end because 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 mm. um, regardless of of whoever they're going to call 007, whether or not they want to spin off into the thing, the James Bond franchise will never end because it is the only thing that Eon Productions has. Yep. They do not have other movies. Sure. It, they are they were created to produce James Bond films, and they have only produced James Bond films for for twenty five films, five decades. Yeah. Right. They are not going to be like. Okay, we're just not going to do that anymore. What they're not going to be a company anymore? Yeah, <laughs> right. I and I mean, like this. This gets into a broader question that honestly we don't have time to really get into right now. But like, does we've 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 beaten around it before? Like, does a modern James Bond work? Like, honestly, I would even put this up as an argument that like kind of not so much because like this is this is a good Daniel Craig performance in probably the least James Bondy James Bond that he's been. Yeah. Because you have to get further away from those elements to make it land anymore. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I agree with Brandon. Like, if we're doing James Bond, I'd rather it's a period piece. I don't really want to mm-hmm. see a new, like, James Bond in the year 2024. I don't need it. I mean, um, well, I'd rather the 007 moniker. I, I can't tell you how disappointed I was that it didn't say 007. I, like, I, for I real. Yeah. I mean, I didn't see. I'm. To be honest, when I was watching the movie, I really had to use the bathroom. So the second the credits started rolling, it's I three ran. hours, Ben. You're I ran out of the restroom. I is, ran to the restroom. All it is is that those movies have always ended by saying, like, it, sorry, twenty-two out of the movies have ended with James Bond will return. Yeah. That's the the moniker that they took on. The MCU adopted that from them. Mm-hmm. But this, the thing I was gonna say is, this seeing Bond actually die and blow up in front of me, I was like, I did not like that. Because, ever, I mean, once again, I haven't seen all the James Bond films. I've seen a handful. and But every time, James Bond has always came out of these impossible situations, unscathed. And I do agree with you guys. He deserves a happy ending. He, like, this has been 15 years of super sad Bond. And he finally has this a... this Bond deserved a happy ending. That's yeah. what I mean. Yeah. That's but, what I mean. Yeah, yeah, but he, it's like, I don't want to see, I'm done with the sadness. I get it. We're in, a, like, the filmmakers today, it's like, yes, things... Things are sad. I get that, the, but I want a happy ending for God's sake. The sakes. thing is, the thing is, all of these James Bond films, the Daniel Craig films, fell into a uh, fell into a pattern of doing the same thing. Right. They're all deconstructionist James Bond movies. They're all attempting to deconstruct the idea of what James Bond would be in the modern world, and they all land. They all they all be like, you know, you're a relic of the past, Bond. Actually, you are the only one who could do so that, Bond, and that's been all of them. He's so the spryest he's been in this movie. There, there are there are problems. Yeah, he he's suddenly younger. Yeah. Um, there are problems all around. We've covered a lot of them with this film, but I think the thing that I think the death could have worked if he hadn't been apart from her for those five years. Mm-hmm. It's the fact that he was robbed of those five years for 
frankly a really stupid reason. Yeah. And that that it takes Blofeld being like, it was me, James. It was me. Didn't you can know, I, James? And I'm I? like, bro. And it the but if he'd had that time, if he'd had that time with his daughter, and then this shit happened, and that's when he like at least he had that. he would have had he, he would known what it's like. He had the moment of the a pretty nice slice of the world that he'd always wanted. Can you I? know what? Oh, real quick. It would have been Tony Stark having his year with Morgan. Yes, exactly. hundred percent. Yeah. And it then him exactly sacrificing that. himself in Endgame. I, I will say, I, I, I want to, I want to, I want to say a note that I wrote down last night. Uh, Blofeld has some serious Thrawn energy. Yes, he does. Mm. Christoph Waltz would be a good Thrawn. Yeah, oh, Christoph, Christoph uh, Blofeld from Spectre and into this movie has very much. It was me, Barry. He's even. Uh, he's mm-hmm. honestly better in his scene here than he is in all of Spectre. Oh. And it's a shame that he wasn't the villain. I was. He yeah. should have been our villain. Like the Hannibal fact that, that the style. fact that they introduced that concept of him being the adopt like James's adopted brother and that that is lands so terribly inspector that they didn't try to make that better here sucks so they did the th- okay so like blofeld is like the dark reflection of bond right but then they do the thing with satan where he's like um, we're not so dim- sim- dissimilar bond like we just we, we just did this with the gill we love the same kills. woman i suppose like, so, uh, i mean the, the whole time with, like at first i was like okay this guy's killing specter cool but then how is he going to turn into the homicidal maniac that i knew it was going to be and then he's like i'm just and then they're like oh i'm just going to kill millions and uh, millions of people I'm like why yeah, why? 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 I mean, I, I get that. Where's, the, like, the motivation for Spectre? Hell yeah, good motivation. He killed his family. He's out for revenge. Awesome. I kind of dig that. Power control. And I understand why Bond wants to come after him, because he's like, yo, you were going to kill Madeline. But die. then the whole is like, I'm going to kill millions of people across the world. Well, he doesn't say that, but he's like, then they, they find out he's going to kill millions. It's he like, so. but uh, still, the, why? The ending is meant to be, uh, the, the movie tells us the, the, that his ending is meant to be triumphant. Mm-hmm. Um, but it, it doesn't it doesn't quite land because what what you're talking about with Sparks with the the idea that he never got even a hint of that happy ending that he's right. always been asking for. Right. Um, that said, though, boy, watching James Bond cry on screen did something to me. I, oh, I mean, I'm sure. Daniel, yeah. I mean, Daniel Craig is is selling the performance. Yeah. yeah I won't. I won't deny. I was uh, a sobbing wreck. Mm-hmm. I'll be honest. I w- wish I was. I wasn't there. Yeah. Um, he's given it for sure. Yeah. I, I was sitting there going. So how are you going to get out of it? Where's the helicopter that's going to save you last second? <laughs> yeah, right. Where's the miracle kill oh, they're no, going to find out? Oh, no, Ben. Like, the moment he was poisoned, I'm like, oh, they're going to kill him. Ben, I'll be, I'll be perfectly honest with you. The moment, the, fir- the, 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 the third trailer that we saw when there's, like, this the final James Bond movie, the moment I saw that trailer, I was like, they're killing him at the end of this oh, movie. Oh, yeah, 100%. So, like, I, I've, I've, I've known that he was going to die, and it still, like, I suspected. I didn't know. Uh, I suspected he was going to die, and then watching... Watching it happen and being such a Bond fi- Bond fan, like it was the first time I've ever seen this character die, and it really wrecked me. I believe um, it. I wish I felt more sad than I felt bitter. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I, I, and it's for the reasons I've said. Like, I just don't feel that he deserved that mm-hmm. as as a character. Like they did that, it dirty. That you spent all that time just denying him over and over again, like making him just this sad man, mm-hmm. this yeah. really sad man, and it's it it. it it's one of those things where, like, it it worked for a sense of, like, it. you got an emotional gut punch out of me because I watched all the movies close to each other. And so I'm like, man, I really I, f- I feel that. But at the same time, I'm like, I watch all these movies close together, and I feel like you did them dirty. Mm-hmm. You just did them dirty. Um, and it's it's a weird – it's just a weird way to to end it, I guess. I, uh, I, I like their, their kind of postmortem that they have, that they pour a drink out yeah, for him. Yeah, I and think that's talk about uh, totally appropriate. Um, Again, I, like – 
watching that, that M, five years makes a difference. Watching M have to have to wrestle with the fact that you know he might not be able to launch the missiles, and then realizing that that Bond is not going to get out of it, and having everyone kind of come to their own conclusion that that's going to be the case. Um, I think is a really effective uh, emotional beat. There is a lot of Endgame in here. Five years later, the hero dies, yeah, yeah. and he's got to kill. Yeah, but it's yeah. like it's. But honestly, I would have preferred them to be like five years later, not. 30 minutes into the movie, I realized that he has a five-year-old kid. Oh, so it's been five years? Yeah, 100%. Yeah. Like, I, I thought it was, like, a couple months since we saw... Since he grows since fast. on the train. <laughs> yeah. Uh, Throw a mama from the train. Like, it, it just... It, there were no context clues to tell me that it's been years since wait, then. Wait, You mean throughout the film? Well, in, in... So, when he puts her on the train... Yeah. And then we cut to wherever we cut to next... I thought it was just a couple months. It says five. It says five, five years five, later. It says five years I later. I missed that. I apologize. Oh yeah, no. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like it definitely right says after it. the right after the sequence, the the Billie Eilish sequence. It says five years later. Yeah. Oh, interesting. I don't. I, I apologize. Yeah. Uh, sorry. Apparently I had I'm no idea idiot. that you were. Yeah, no, I, I had no idea you were missing that for sure. Uh, yeah, it says five years later. Oh, there you go. Yeah. I totally forgot Billie Eilish was singing the theme song. I was just like, hmm, it's this good. is pretty. It's very oh, good. great song. Very good. Very good. Oh, won the Grammy. Is this the second, second oh, time? Like oh, gosh. Is this won the Grammy this year, baby. Hell yeah. Is this, this, hmm. is this the second time where a um, where the song is actually tiled from a movie like what Adele did with Skyfall? No, it's been no, many of the songs. Almost all of them are named. <laughs> I will say I will say almost all. It's not all. It is it almost is, all. It's of a them lot of them, though. Like Live and Let Die is the famous like Beatles, right? They did that one. Wings. 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 Uh, uh, Die Another Day, Britney Spears. Um, Britney Spears? Madonna. <laughs> Madonna, whatever. Uh, who cares? I do. They're different people. Um, yeah, uh, I I like I like the Billie Eilish sequence. I think it rocks. More than... Promotion um, with Love. Uh, the Spectre one's one of my least favorites. Quantum of Solace is the... Ugh, God. Um, is that the Jack White one? Quantum of Solace is garbage. Uh, I don't even remember who's saying it's that the Jack one. White. I, one. I find yeah, it yeah, so yeah. forgettable. Yeah, um, Skyfall's is like my favorite. It's Skyfall's, is, I think, uh, Skyfall's a fantastic Bond song and just a fantastic song. Um, you know my name. Yeah. Uh, I I just it's so. The, I the, tell the, you the, what, the I would potential was there. Yeah, I tell you what, I would I, I'm more negative, but I know if I would have watched like 12 hours of James Bond and then immediately come to see this, I would be so much more negative. So I'm really glad I did it. Mm. I am super I glad what I you're did saying. it. Because like, this is like, it's not, it's not like horrible. Like, I think it's, I think it's a fine movie. But like, this is an end game. It's not even close. Yeah. And uh, like, they, the set, the setup from the last four movies, they get rid of it. And I think that's just the worst mistake they possibly could have made for your final movie. Alicia Keys and Jack White did Another Way to Die, which is Quantum of Solace. And yep. Spectre was done by... Victor's team, team oh, that was uh, Sam, Sam Smith. Sam Smith, writing on, writing the, wall. on the wall. Yeah. Right yeah. So it is the it is the the second time, uh, the third. They're the second time in the Craig era films that they've been titled the the, the right. movie. Yeah. But it, it is a common, uh, common thing. I, I didn't know because I heard Skyfall like the song Skyfall for the movie Skyfall. Gold like, oh, okay. member finger, uh, <laughs> not member. <laughs> that's, a di- that's a different movie. That is a definitely that's different. an Eddie Murphy um, movie. Yeah, I just uh, circling back on the Lashana Lynch, like what a what a bummer, to, like the the whole pretense of like this 007 rivalry thing that they just want to kind of slam Why into the film for so some reason. Why does she care so much about? <laughs> and like not giving her an opportunity to really shine in and the it, film it's is disgusting. the thing that feels it's like disservice. It's Go disgusting ahead. that she's the only one who cares. 
Yeah. She's it's the so, only one who cares that she's 007. Hey, everybody, look how much James Bond's mad at me. And he's like, I, have, I don't even know who you are. <laughs> I don't give a shit. Yeah. And I think there was potential to, like, like when she's first introduced, I feel like she's interesting, but then they just don't flesh her out as a character. She's got a presence, but I just think, like, most of her lines are, like, It bumps me out, because I'm like, I know Phoebe Waller-Bridge did some punch-up on this script, and I just don't that's, feel like it's there enough. That's the thing. Like, that makes me think that, like, she saved those characters. If this oh, is what yeah, we, I bet she did. If this is what we got, like, getting, like, a lady in here to, like, write their female characters, and this is the best we got, I'm like... How bad were they before? <laughs> Goodness. Mm. Uh, Short rate? Seven. I also say seven. Yeah. Action scenes alone making it a seven point five for me. Craig, uh, Craig's performance is carrying me to absolutely. Seven. I will. I will say eight. Honestly, I, I think the emotional punch is there for me. Mm-hmm. Um, I. I have been. Uh, here's the thing. I've been. I've been negative on the on this. Um, this panel. Uh, it is easy to feed off of the same uh, same emotion that we all are. Um, but honestly, uh, I am not as harsh on this film as, as the other. I truly do love it. Um, I, it's the third best Craig film, in my opinion. Um, I would agree with that. I mean, that's not... Uh, yeah. Regardless of that, <laughs> yeah. uh, regardless of that, um, I really I really do think that this movie works well for me, regardless of even the things that I've said about it, um, which I stand by. I just... Um, I am just I feel more positive than I've expressed on this. That's allowed. I, I, even as I am expressing the things I'm saying, like... They they are critically negative. Uh, there's a lot of things that I think are a problem with this film. Craig's performance carries it through where I reach a point where I'm like, well, I'm fine because I'm following you. 100%. Uh, yeah. And that that's where I land. But I I wish the elements of the film were supporting him more for what both Craig and the character deserved. Yeah. Should we get into a book club? Let's do it. <laughs> All right, it is time for our book club. Ben, I'm going to pass the ball over to you because yep. it's yours. That is me. Uh, so my it, my book club is uh, Marvel Zombies, written by uh, Robert Kirkman, and I should have... The arts, Sean Phillips. Phillips. That, yep, Sean Phillips, that guy. That guy. So yeah, uh, I picked this book club because I never read Marvel Zombies before. We're in October, it's Spooky's time, and I heard really good things about this book, thanks to Ryan, after we watched the Zombies episode of What If. So uh, God damn, I really wish that's what we got in the What If show. Holy crap. I I really like this book a lot. I think it's super fun. Yeah, I agree. Yeah, I really I I thanks to Sparks actually I read a, I read this one and its two prequels uh when they first came out. Yeah. Um as well as the Ultimate Fantastic Four uh book that And the Army of Darkness from. crossover. <laughs> I in preparation for this I read the Ultimate Fantastic Four arc both that precedes yeah. this and I read Marvel Zombies 2 just to see what happens Hell and that yeah. takes place 40 years in the future. It's wild. Yeah, I uh, uh, look. Spoiler alert! I was actually really upset that you picked this because my book club this week, this month, was going to be Army of Darkness versus Marvel Zombies. Why uh, can't it? Be? Why can't it? Oh, I, I don't. I Spoilers: My book club is also a Marvel Zombies book. I may want some variety. I haven't decided yet. I got two weeks. Calm down. Um, <laughs> I'm so angry. Uh, so you know, I really, lo- I really love the Marvel Zombies uh, run. Anyway, I think Robert Kirkman is uh, obviously is a good zombie writer. Mm-hmm. Um, so uh, yeah, this was great. Yeah, um, I, because I, I remember when Zombies was coming out, and so I mean, obviously, I wasn't really buying books at the time because this came out in two thousand and nine ish, right? Two thousand five. Oh, two thousand five. Because I remember going to like, um, wow, like people. What is wa- time? Well, I remember people wearing Marvel Zombie T shirts a lot because I remember there's like this one Marvel. It was the Marvel Civil War T shirt that a lot of people were wearing. Like my brother people, even had that T shirt. People love the covers. Yeah, I mean, there's awesome. a whole book of just the variant. Yeah, they're they're amazing. Co- they are amazing covers. But finally, getting to read what the all what the whole thing was about is like 
now with the context, this hits a lot harder than I thought because I thought it was like, oh, it's just these characters that turn into zombies, whatever. No. But the fact that they retain their personalities, you hear them talking, and it's mm-hmm. not just, it's not just like normal zombie grunts. It's like these are like, we're hearing Captain yeah. America and Colonel Spider- America. Colonel America, thank you. Why is he called Colonel in this one? Because it's a different universe. Because yeah, okay. It's just one of those things that's supposed to keep it separate. Okay, but calling him Colonel America and him talking to Tony and like how his brain is half gone and also I like how these zombies are like yeah. different zombies that if you lose that if you shoot the brain or give cut off half the brain they're still alive they're still walking around. You got to destroy everything. Yeah, you got to like incinerate them. Mm-hmm. So I really or like pull, pull the whole brain out of their head. Like Red Skull. Oh like yeah, Red you got to destroy. Oh, yeah. yeah, you got to destroy everything. You got to destroy yeah, yeah. all the brain. That's right. All the brain. But you have never had a more obvious weakness. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but this made zombie like seeing this what Mar- what Robert Kirkman did with these Marvel zombies, it's like this these zombies are actually scary. Yeah. They're actually terrifying because they're talking about yeah. we need to find well, food. Well, it's it's the, because the, they're not zombies. The it's scariest, because the scariest of them is Hank Pym. Yeah. Yeah. It's because he's just like, yo, I, I think the thing that terrifies me is I'm a sociopath. Like, no, I like enjoy the thing this. that terrifies him is like, you know what? Even if I was to find a cure, I'd still want to eat people. It's uh, like, oh shit. So Mag- Magneto at the beginning of this book is the last is like quote unquote like one of the last survivors, and we're yeah. following him, and it's just so good because me Magneto's like, do you think you can defeat me? And so, then Wasp just immediately grows and bites him, and yeah. Hank's like, actually, I thought it was gonna be really easy. Which is to its credit, <laughs> reference in the Marvel Zombies. Uh, yeah, yeah. There's yeah. that's again that's what makes me mad about that episode because yeah, like, they do reference good stuff, uh-huh. just not the whole thing. I'm like, yeah. why why make it lame like that? Mm-hmm. Uh, Galactus shows up, Silver Surfer shows up. Uh, this book's just so fun. Uh, I uh, I love like when peel uh, away his candy coating. <laughs> <laughs> so I actually really like Zombie Wolverine, and I love how these you can see these bodies constantly still decomposing and still rotting away, even though they're like they're air quotes here feeding. Like when uh, Silver Surfer shows up, he's like, "Galactus has been called. Your world's gonna be destroyed." And he ch- uses his arm to like use, a- and th- you see the adamantium claws rip out of his own skin. Hell yeah, yeah. And he's just like. Well, yeah, when crap. He, when he's losing his, his bones, he's like, I wish I had adamantium ligaments. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> so just seeing that is like, just seeing that is like, this is a what if done right. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. This is definitely like, it's scary and it's your, the, I mean, they're, they're characters, you know, like Hank Pym and he's, and he bites his own wife's head off because it's like, oh, you see that, um, like T'Challa's here because I'm trying to do some stuff, but I also, I need to feed off of him. Uh she, because he didn't squash her, he just chopped her head off. She survives, and uh-huh. then she becomes T'Challa's BFF. Yeah. Uh, spoiler alert for the Marvel Zombies 2, she gets a robot body. Oh, no, that's in the that's Oh, that's in this one. That's in this book, yeah. I read him literally back-to-back, sorry. <laughs> okay. That's, yeah, it's like, awesome. You see, like, when we oh, see it's the, literally right here. When yeah, we yeah. see further in the future, and we see T'Challa with his new child. Yeah. <laughs> oh, T'Challa's kid? Is that in the next one? T'Challa's kid becomes. No, no, you see T'Challa's. We don't. We just see them as a baby. Yeah, Yeah, we just see. We just see. Like when you see uh, um, what's her name, she like gives T'Challa look. He's like, oh, they're gonna be together. Right. Oh, gotcha, gotcha. Um, um, what? Oh yeah. So Silver Surfer gets eaten. Galactus shows up. Like, where's my Herald? We ate him. And Galactus is like, what? (laughs) (laughs) He's like, you did what? He's like, yeah, we're still hungry. Uh, like. Luke Cage and Spider-Man play cards together just talking about how much life sucks. Like, I always wear a mask to protect me from looking in mirrors. Well, I always, I've never forgotten. Like, one of my favorite bits is, like, Tony being like, Spider-Man, how's your wife and aunt? Oh, no! Yeah. (laughs) Don't bring them up. 
Uh, yeah, this book so just looked just a lot of fun. When they finally, when they finally, because I had a feeling that when Galactus shows up, like they're gonna eat. Because Gal- I was thinking, like, oh, is Galactus gonna turn into a zombie? But the fact that they, when they ate the Silver Surfer and they got the power cosmic from the Surfer, and then they ate Galactus and became the new Galactus, yeah. it's like, oh, it's just a feeding frenzy for the entire universe now. Yep. Good luck. Yeah, they can go anywhere, do anything. Uh, I love the like really gross bit about them like maintaining their consciousness by pulling out the things they've eaten and re-eating it mm-hmm, mm-hmm. from their own stomachs, just ripping it and just like, oh, I got to eat this. Uh, <laughs> Banner's uh, constantly turning into the Hulk because he's hungry. Mm-hmm, right. Mm-hmm. Uh, gross. Somebody punch me. I don't want to feel this. It's going to burst out of my belly. It's kind of a bummer that this is that this is spinning off. Um, it's kind of a bummer. Like, Ultimate, Ultimate Fantastic Four happened first and then this happened off, off of that. Right. But it is a bummer that there's no, like... Um, uh, like a like a montage recap page at the very oh the sure very sure least. sure about what Magneto was doing with them yeah because yeah. there it would be kind of nice to have like um because Thor doesn't have Mjolnir because he's not worthy anymore right because so that is because that is flat out a Ultimate Fantastic Four story yeah yeah but you've got the little blur blurred but I know what he means he means like a visual like montage recap oh, oh of, like, I see yeah, I, got, I got you I got you yeah, yeah okay yeah so I th- I think that there would be uh that would have been it's not a detractor I don't mean to even imply that it no is. I no I get I get um, what you mean now yeah it's yeah. just you know it would have been nice to have that because like there are things that you read and you're like oh right because context clues I understand what happened the nice um, thing is if you buy Marvel Zombies complete collection right now you get those Ultimate Fantastic Four issues yeah. so you get that whole that whole piece of this because it does kind of feel like a part two mm-hmm. of something because it kind of is mm-hmm. yeah for sure I'm with you yeah. Anything else you want to add? No, nah, I mean, I was pleasantly surprised, to be honest, because I, when I picked this, I was like, because I've never read it. I've heard Brian was saying good things about it, and I don't know why I had it in my head. It's like, oh, it's just going to be like a generic zombie thing, but as I it's was- It's because you watched the show. Well, even before that, because like, people were talking to me like, oh, yeah, zombies is good. It's like, oh. so what's different? They're like, they're zombies, and- like they wouldn't tell me the and part. Oh. It's like what makes zombies so special? They were, they were, what yeah. makes these things so well, you cool? See ben, and iconic? Superman came down from the DC universe with a zombie plague. Definitely uh, Superman. That he That's a different one. Oh, sorry. Uh, well, no, actually, it was it, Robert Kirkman's talked about it. It was a little background, I guess. It was that one Superman. was tailor made for the DC universe, sir. Oh this my is god, from the Marvel universe. Um, yeah. Superman was supposed. It was going to be. It wasn't going to be like Superman, but it was going to be like a guy in blue and red. And and then they were then D- Marvel's like. DC won't let us do this, and so they recolored it to be Sentry, oh, which okay. is why Sentry has black hair in in, in the uh, in the Marvel Zombies universe oh, and not okay. blonde. Okay, but I, either way, finally being able to read the uh, the first Marvel Zombie story, I was like, this is actually really good. I w- I can see why people say this is a really good book. Yeah, yeah. Uh, it's a lot of fun, and I, like I said, I, I did read the sequel like immediately after this because I'm like, uh, this is really fun, and it's like a brisk read, and the sequel takes place 40 years in the future, and it's like. It's like the next generation of heroes, but also old T'Challa, like in a robot suit and stuff. Like it's cool. The Marvel Zombies is cool. I love seeing Forge. For oh, like I the second Forge come out came out, and, I'm like, and then he's like, he's like, I have uh, some experience with prosthetic limbs. I'm like, oh yeah, he Hell does. Yeah, yeah, love it, love it, love it. I'm like, yeah, Forge. Yeah, it's a it's a fun it's a fun gruesome read. <laughs> gruesome, gruesome, very sure. gruesome. Yeah, yeah, yeah. All right, so Ryan, it's your turn next week. Hell yeah, baby. Guess what, guys? It's anthology time once again. I got six stories for you. Uh, excuse me. I got six issues for you with five stories because one of them is a two-parter. We are going to start with The Invincible Iron Man, issue 504, City of Light, City of Stone, by Matt Fraction and Salvador La Roca. And it's also uh, 505, uh, 50, uh, 504 and 505, Invincible Iron Man. That is a Fear Itself arc 
where evil evil Thor's uh, uncle brings a bunch of evil hammers down, and it's a uh, it's frightening. Let's say. Uh, next is what if magic became the sorcerer supreme by my BFF? I wish she would be Leia Williams, and I don't have the artist the artist here. I'm so sorry. What if Marvel Comics went metal with Ghost Rider? That is by Sebastian Gurner and art by Alexi Alexi Bristlecott. And then uh, I got a Ghost Rider number seven, guys, from 1990. Uh, this is from the Danny Ketch run, the run that I fall in love with. I got this physical issue. That's about the Scarecrow. That's by Mark Texiera and Howard Mackey. That's a whole bunch of spooky shit. I forgot one. I forgot one. It's the most important one. I got one here. Hold on. Marvel Zombie. Where is it? No, it's not here. There was a book called Marvel Zombie. It's a one-shot written by the guy who wrote Ice Cream Man, Maxwell Prince. It is about the 1950s pulp character Zombie, who is Marvel's original zombie character. Oh, yeah. cool. Is that lot zombie spelled differently? Like Z? Nope. It's Zo spelled, spelled zombie. It's, okay. Well, spelled it's, it's zombie. just zombie, so it's not zombies. It's spelled no. Yeah, it's called yeah Marvel. Singular, zombie. not plural this time. No, I know. I was just asking because I've seen zombie spelled. And I just oh, couldn't okay. remember if this was Z O M B I. Singular zombie. Gotcha. Got five uh, gruesome stories. That was what if Marvel Universe went metal? Uh, one of what if uh, Ghost Rider went metal? Ghost Rider went metal. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you got all that right, Sparks? I did. I also got all it right. here for if you need it. Because I'm right. definitely going to need that. It's like, so what were the issues I need to read again? Well, It'll be fine. October trucks, uh, trucks along with uh, next week we'll talk about Halloween Kills. Oh, my God. Uh, the sequel to Halloween. Peacock's own. Which is the sequel to Halloween. Peacock's own. Um, <laughs> yeah. And uh, you can check out <laughs> that. Sequel to Halloween. Yeah, the sequel to Halloween. No, I know, I know. That's just very funny. Thank you. Um, it's the sequel to Halloween, which is also the sequel to Halloween. <laughs> which is also the sequel to Halloween. No, no, no. No, no, That's no, it. no it stops no, there. No. One um, all right, so uh, check that out. Uh, stay tuned for that. And, uh, you know, hey, guys, we got uh, some other shows that I've talked about in the description below. Uh, did you want to say anything? Sparks? Mm -mm. Okay. No. Um, you can check out, uh, of course, Conversation, which is going on hiatus for a bit, um, where I talked with Michael Hamilton from the Kaiju Weekly Podcast. Subscribe to that. That's audio only. And you can check out our YouTube channel, which if you're watching this, hey, like this video, subscribe to this channel. And you can check out our other shows, such as Fake News Watch with What If. What If is over now. Uh, last episode is coming soon. Um, Very likely tomorrow. For us, uh, that, that means the end of the Fake News Watch. Uh, uh, what uh, Fitness Watch series? For now, for now, we'll have some specials coming in the near future, and of course, you know, Hawkeye will be next, um, in November, and uh, that's still going with, and so so Star Trek Lower Decks is also still going. There's uh, one more episode, two more episodes of Fitness Watch to come, but one more episode uh, to be recorded. Um, so yeah, stay, stay tuned for that, and then we'll do Star Trek Prodigy, so that'll continue. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. And of course, we've got Basement Arcade. Uh, you can check out Basement Arcade, uh, which has two new episodes up from this from last from this last week. You can check out Amnesia and Aliens Fireteam Elite, and there are more new episodes coming this week. More uh, more Aliens Fireteam Elite and uh, Outlast. Yep. Mm -hmm. And yep. Uh, Basement Arcade Pause Menu, mm -hmm. uh, the latest episode with Arcade Attacks. Do you have, yep. a, you have a, a new episode coming soon? Or dude, I got three in the pipeline. Very hell cool. yeah, baby. Very cool. <laughs> Uh, Figner Book Club and Animation Station are the other shows on this channel. You can check out Crafted by Z. We have some masks on Crafted by Z, um, the Etsy page. Uh, you can check out those, um, or you can check out our Patreon. As I mentioned before, the, the Patreon shirt is currently on hiatus until we can get those damn shirts out. I promise but we I will still get them have out. a dollar tier. We do still have a dollar tier, so if you want to support us in any way, you can check out our, do our dollar tier. Um, it's only a dollar. And, of course, we have our Tee Public where you can check out um, all of our other merchandise, um, different designs and whatnot. There's a new design coming soon, um, mm. so stay tuned for that. I was actually going to announce it today, but I forgot to put it up. Oh. So do it next week. Is it what I think it's going to yeah, be? Yeah, you've seen it already. You guys have seen it already. Oh. 
Okay. Um, you can check out our, our website as well with uh, FichtnerPodcast.com. Uh, that's linked below as well. You can check out all those links. Um, so there. Thank you to everyone who listens. Thank you to everyone who watches. Thank you to everyone who watched the live show and the rewind. Uh, thank you to Jeremy Volucci for doing our music that you've heard all throughout today. Yeah. Uh, and all the music throughout all of our shows. Um, you can check him out at Jeremy Volucci Keyboards or his Suburban Proctologist podcast, which is on iTunes or Facebook.com slash Suburban Proctologist Official or Instagram at Subproc Podcast. And, of course, Mike Patola. You can check out Mike Patola. He does our logos. Uh, he does a few logos for us and a few episodes for us. So we love him. Um, you can check him out on TikTok and Instagram at Mike Patola. Um, you can find us on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, all at Fickner Podcast, FicknerGuys at gmail.com. If you'd like to get in touch with us personally, I'm at BT McClure on Instagram and Twitter. Um, ben? Yeah, you can find me furiously reading Dune so I could start playing Metroid Dread in earnest at BenMagnet27 on Instagram and Twitter. And also, if you like old school video games like I do, I also write for Old School Gamer Magazine. I also will be trying to get an article out this week because, boy, once again, Dune's coming and I gotta finish that book first. It is a coming. It's a coming. Uh, Ryan? You can find me going live in 25 minutes at the Downright Annoyed with Movies at DJ Tony Snark, baby. Uh, Ryan? Uh, Sparks? You can find me at DJ Tony Snark. (laughs) You can find me cheering on the Giants at Sparks Witty on Instagram and Twitter, S P A R K Z Witty. I love, I I just, love football. So I just noticed Beat LA. <laughs> so I just noticed your hat is from when they won the twenty twelve National oh League. Yeah. Subscribe to right. us on iTunes, Stitcher, Google Play, TuneIn, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Amazon Music Podcast, and Pandora. Rate and review when you get us with it. Appreciate it. Like this video, subscribe to this channel, and see us. Go Dodgers. Stay fake, stay fake.